0: Watch these last few videos and make sure if you scratch your head, go, what's QAnon and what the heck is this guy talking about? Watch this video. It's going to give you great insight into what QAnon and the Great Awakening is, how you can get more information on where to find the information, how to do the research. All right. Number Q. So you guys buckle up. We got another incredible week ahead of us. We've had several so far, and now we just have another one here upcoming. Um, Now, what is this all meaning? Well, according to multiple reports, President Trump was not able to attend a ceremony in France that marked the uh, 100th anniversary of the end of World War One. Uh, president Trump had planned to visit the Aisne-Marne uh, American Cemetery in Balou, France. Sorry if I butchered all of those uh, French words. But um, it says the president was expected to lay a wreath and observe a moment of silence, it's according to a report from Fox News. So what happened? Basically, President Trump was not able to make it. Now, the reason cited out of multiple reports is that the uh, president's helicopter, Marine One, was not able to fly in low cloud cover. And uh, so the the actual ceremony itself was located about an hour outside of uh, Paris where President Trump was, and uh, they had decided not to take uh, the presidential motorcade on that road. But there's something much more nefarious here that I think the president or that the uh, excuse me, the QAnon is trying to allude to here. When Q says enemy at the front door, and it says United States Secret Service stay alerts prevent travel, that to me can be interpreted, you know, a bunch of different ways, obviously, you know, some people can read it and see something, and some can read it and see something else. But I can tell you after having covered this uh, in depth for over a year now, um, that this information um, really points me to be quite skeptical of what actually happened. Now, a lot of the boards are, uh, you know, all of the the Q boards and all that stuff, they're all basically saying that the United States Secret Service uh, kept President Trump from going to these events because there was uh, credible threats that may or may not have existed, right? And these credible threats would be definitely in response to um, the policy uh, position that President Trump has taken. So imagine this. President Trump gets to to Paris. He's going to go to this ceremony. His Secret Service uh, detail comes to him and says, sir, uh, we cannot, uh, we do not suggest that you go. Uh, There's credible threats out. This is just a hypothetical. I'm not saying this is what happened. But hypothetically speaking, uh, that was what was told to him and they made the... Uh, the right decision to play it safe. So now take uh, to now take a step back and put that in the context of what happened that day in Paris uh, or today in Paris during this ceremony. So you have so many things going on, but I mean if there was some reason for the Secret Service to put a stay alert to prevent travel on the president, then that means they must have basically saw or, or heard or, or intercepted something That led them to believe there was something unsafe about uh, attending those ceremonies. But obviously that would not be uh, prudent for them to release it because it may uh, tip off their uh, whoever was behind this, that they are on to it. Now, uh, even though they probably got a pretty uh, good tip on that when they realized that President Trump wouldn't be attending. But you read these stories and you read these tweets about President Trump and they're saying it's disrespectful that he you know, decided to skip this event, sit in his hotel room. And do you think really that president Trump wanted to miss this event? That's the thing that I think is pretty laughable. It's like, why even travel all the way to Paris if you're just going to go sit in a hotel room? Right. And one thing I wanted to, uh, basically point out here is it says enemy at the front door and it uses the at symbol. Now, I don't know if that's maybe possibly a reference to Twitter. Um, I'm not sure. All I know is that this is telling us a lot, and uh, also I want to see here or say here. You know, you see these letters are put in capitals. EFD. I'm not sure if that is. I mean, this one's a little more cryptic. It's harder to read. Uh, so if you guys have any other insights, please leave them down in the comments. But. I definitely, if you look at the smug face on Macron and Merkel at the ceremony after they were talking about how nationalism is basically the opposite of patriotism and how it stands in direct opposition to patriotism, uh, that to me was a direct sign. They were almost smirking, like, yeah, we know uh, we, we did this, and we, it's like a message they're trying to send to the president. So let's see how that goes for them, right? It says, let the unsealing begin. This is the next Q post. Let the D class begin. Let the world witness the truth, we the people, justice under the law, Q. So the unsealing is going to begin, hopefully, I mean, guys, it's November 11th. That was the day that we've been basically building, building, and building up to. So November 12th, we're going to have to wait and see what happens. Now, first of all, um, all of this up here at the top is pretty terrifying, right? So if... Democrat Party officials with election officials were filling out thousands of blank ballots. Uh, That would be incredibly illegal, and uh, that would be very, very undemocratic.
1: Well, the woman filled out the affidavit saying that's exactly crazy, Crazy,
0: right? So I think it, it keeps saying placeholder. These all say placeholder, 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 and then they say things, right? And the way I'm gonna read this, before I read through all these, because I think it'll give you better context if I kind of tell you what Let's I- Let's not read through them
1: all, Just there, There's a lot there. Persecuted you by can my... go to that page. I'm just trying to give you the overview this morning. Let's get in on it.
2: Actual kindness can really be um, help in a way that's needed that has nothing to do with sentiment at all but it's just about uh, lending a hand when it's needed. So tomorrow is Kindness Day, folks. If you're seeing this, this video Kindest on the 13th, day. then you know it's a great day to be kind and to send out prayers that um, really that the, the people doing bad and evil in this world um, get their hearts imbued with uh, the kindness of the Creator, that the kindness of intelligence come through them infinite intelligence and that they understand what it means to um to to change to change their ways that's a that's a, that would be the best right we cycle the evil into something good and that's what we hope for so anyway carrying on now we had uh, this very interesting stuff come up regarding interconnections with what's going on in Florida, okay, what happened with the shooting um, in California last week, how that's connected to the Las Vegas uh, massacre of last year, and um, also all of the fake news that's been out there on CNN. Uh, it's it's really interesting. We literally have a ministry of truth, literally, in our day. It is It is George Orwell's 1984 um, CNN playing in all of the, in all of the airports and all of the gyms, all of the everywhere. We have CNN, right? Wherever you go. And it is the ministry of truth because all they say <coughs> for the most part is lies almost entirely. And so that is, that is George Orwell's ministry of truth. As we know, George Orwell, um, I can't remember his real name at this moment, but he was a, uh, intelligence operative. He was direct, he was taught by, um, Aldous Huxley, who wrote Brave New World, whose brother Julian Huxley started, who was one of the major proponents of um, eugenics, and he was, I think, the first person to start UNICEF or this um, United Nations, uh, uh, you know, how the United Nations would control the world kind of thing. So. Okay, back to back to here now. So as we wait to see what's going to happen with the criminality of Brenda Snipes um, the, uh, lording over this fake uh, election count in Broward County, um, it, it's I think we're looking at what Q said that this is going to be a recount and Potus basically said that you know, it's at this point where, uh, you can't trust the ballot count. It's That's passed. Now it is Wednesday of the... You know, it's, it was supposed to be done on Wednesday. Now it's, you know, Monday of the next week. And um, at this point, it's not trustworthy at all whatsoever because we have uh, complete uh, uh, obliteration of transparency. Everything is absolutely happening in the dark. And what's coming to light is great things like... Um, uh, it came out through Q uh, the the affidavit from 2016 from the tenth worker who had worked uh, for the Broward County Election Board uh, who who put out this uh, basically just said I I worked for them and I witnessed them literally um, creating ballots um, in a room at the at at the, ba- at, the at the election board. Yep. Yeah board. And I believe that this is true, that what President Trump has said um, in saying that, hmm, I think we're going to have to do a whole new election because there's no way you could get a real uh, clear election tally at this point, you know, vote tally, uh, is true. And so I think that this has been a trolling situation, and that's what I keep saying. Now, now, going back to uh, the fact that we have... uh, you, this massive fraud happening and at the same time, so many other things happening. So we have President Trump in France, right? He, he is told, you know, we have Macron doing his speech saying, oh, President Trump, uh, you know, p- patriotism, is, he literally steals it, okay, off of a uh, Hollywood script from Madam Secretary. <laughs> he literally steals this speech, okay, <laughs> from literally a show on CBS. Uh, where he says that patriotism is uh, the opposite of nationalism, and uh, you know, that patriotism is for basically the globe, you know all for all of humanity. basically quoting like taya Le- Leone from CBS uh. from Madam Secretary, where she plays like the antithesis of <laughs> she she plays the alter ego of Hillary Clinton if Hillary Clinton was a normal human. And uh, actually believed in what she did rather than just try to do a political agenda. And so, and so we have Macron saying that patriotism is the opposite of nationalism. And that is the truth ministry I'm trying to tell you about. Because if you can listen to that and, have, and take it into your brain, where somebody is trying to tell you the opposite of what is true, that is the constant attempt that they want us to, to be. They want us to believe that uh, lies are the truth. And so for Macron to say, uh, you know, patriotism is the opposite of nationalism, that's absolute baloney, okay, because patriotism means the love of your nation, okay? It means that you uh, love and protect your nation, okay? And and that it's okay, just like it's okay to be white, (laughs) just like it's okay to be black, just like it's okay to be Latina, whatever your race and identity is it's also okay to be American and it is okay to be uh, a patriot for your country all right and in fact um, it's very necessary to be a patriot of your country because that is the only thing that is going to protect us in these globalist times there is a massive attempt at global fevery going on this is a globalist agenda to centralize power and wealth into a very few hands across the globe and so that the globe is one giant uh, cash cow for a very few people with no national borders uh, and, believe me, no patriots. (laughs) So that's the fake news that came through there. So if we bring this across, now we have Jerome Corsi. A lot of people know him from having been up on the cue boards. Then he got called in uh, for questioning with with muller right for the campaign for the Mueller probe the russia mm, hoax and he we didn't really hear from him much after that and it's been uh tan- you know bantered around that uh he may have been um uh you know basically that something might have happened to him he could have been um uh, assaulted in some way with some uh deep state weaponry whether that's a a do weapon a directed energy weapon uh, you know some sort of situation where he's not in his right uh, senses or in in his right physicality anymore because something has changed in him and I was never a Jerome Corsi Q fan because uh, I didn't like his analysis of the Q posts Um, I didn't believe he went deep enough and I actually believe he misled in um, what he said, and I didn't, I just was not a Jerome Corsi supporter, and I also had done a lot of research into him to, to see that he had uh, very close ties with Mossad, also very close ties with Israel bonds, and um, other things to do with uh, deep finance of Israel and Zionism, and so that, for me, is is like a no-go zone, um, and, and, and so it's very interesting because he, is looking like he might be indicted by the Mueller investigation or possibly wow. just, um, you know, so-called indicted but used to uh, entrap others, you know, in this last-ditch effort of the Mueller investigation. You know, in, in it's very interesting. There's a whole big thing going on here with the changeover in, between the Zionists and... Um, the, the folks that want to um, rid the Zionist control over uh, so many aspects of uh, what's going on in the finances, in the, uh, the, the world stage to do with who is in control. And, and one thing that's very interesting, we have two things come up here. One is that we have John Bolton, Um, a few days ago, being given the Zionist Organization of America Award for uh, Defender of Israel, okay? And uh, Morton Klein, the president, uh, presented him this award, the president of the Zionist Organization of America. Very close ties with Israel bonds that I've been talking about a lot (laughs) in this, uh, in, in, in my podcast here but also um, Alan Dershowitz uh, was the one that introduced uh, Morton Klein in this uh, occasion at Brandeis University in Massachusetts. We have Alan Dershowitz, he's the Harvard Law professor, uh, very close to everything deep state. He's been touted out here and there, he's been revived and touted out uh, for President Trump lately. But he, uh, very much is connected to. Uh, he was a very close friend of Jeffrey Epstein, the pedophile um, who did the Pedo Island, the Massad Island there down in uh, Little Saint James Island uh, in the Caribbean. Uh, and he himself was accused of pedophilia by uh, Victoria, um, is it Smith, one of the prime accusers of. Jeffrey Epstein, who was groomed, and um, uh, claims that she was uh, assaulted by not only Alan Dershowitz but also um, the Prince Andrew, Prince Andrew, and other close friends of Jeffrey Epstein. And you know, folks, it's all a big tangled web. But so we have Jeffrey, we have John Bolton being given the Zionist Organization of America defender of Israel war. We know that Netanyahu is on the ropes, right? Um, we know we just had this, um, squirrel Hill, um, uh, uh, event where it, it's very interesting because we have highest being called out, right? This is the Hebrew immigration, uh, uh excuse me. Um, uh, the Hebrew, oh, uh, well, it's very yeah. I'm not sure what I want to say about that, but uh, anyway, the Hebrew Immigrant Immigrant Aid Society and okay, Hyas was called out during the Squirrel Hill uh, massacre. Okay, and of course this is Robert Bowers. It just so happens that Bowers as well. It's it happened at the Tree of Life Synagogue. Bower is kind of the the like a almost enclosing in darkness you know it's like a shady grove within a tree it's interesting but then but about but Bauer also is the former name of the Rothschilds okay that is reality it is that Bauer was the former name of the Rothschilds before they took the name Rothschilds it was Bauer and so then on top of that we have the fact that Robert Bowers was said to say in his, te- in his, uh, his Gab, uh, postings, um, that it was the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, HIAS, that was bringing in these invaders into the United States, and, um, it was, uh, uh, Jews and Muslims, and these people have to die, and, um, that was supposedly happened on Gab, which is, of course, the free speech, uh, um, um, antidote to twitter and facebook and these places that are uh pro- giving so much censorship so so the, the very interesting thing so we have highest the hebrew immigrant aid society being called out um in this massacre okay I, i've talked about it in other videos you can go look but now today Just today, we have the uh, Hebrew, um, we have the rabbi uh, brigade saying that they are going to go uh, to Newsweek, announces that there's a uh, contingent of U.S. rabbis, okay, um, going on a pilgrimage to the border, all right, to protest President Trump's refusal of entry to the migrants. Okay, so this is very interesting because All right, we have announced today as well that Jerome Corsi could be indicted for for perjury. He is a Mossad-related agent. We have the recent massacre in Squirrel Hill leading to this, um, uh, you know, interesting, for one, calling trying to say that uh, talking about nationalism is uh, anti-Semitic, and then we also have uh, this protest now of U.S. rabbis, uh, going to the border because they're claiming that, um, that, uh, you know, a, that to, to exclude basically their things are, you know, about the youth of immigrants, that it's the youth that they're, that they're, uh, you know, basically by putting, uh, the youth into holding areas <laughs> that that is that they're putting the youth in jail for one, literally this is ninety nine percent okay, single men we know that these caravans are ninety nine percent single men it's been documented. We have judicial watch going and documenting the entire thing, so claiming that there is something happening in the area in in southern Texas, and of course, this is all. Um, you know Beto society this is all Beto O'Rourke's area here in El Paso and next door that these tent areas that they're creating to stop this caravan from coming through and providing them actual safe haven so that they're not just um, unprotected from the elements and the cold and it's getting to be winter um, that they are going to be um, protected because there is nothing else there and so they're creating this area where it's like if you're going to come up here but we're not letting you in um, you have a place to be, and now the, the, the rabbis are coming down saying, um, this is not okay, this is right after Robert Bauer, uh, Bowers, um, proclaims, you know, Hayas is the problem, the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, and these, this rabbi, the rabbis leading this, um, is Rabbi Miriam, uh, Turlenchamp of Temple Shalom in Cincinnati, okay, now, and in Cincinnati, Just a few days before the shooting in Squirrel Hill, we had um, the um, Ben-Gurion, Ben-Gurion's grandson there to give out this year's um, Israel Bonds Award, okay? And Israel Bonds, I've made the connections before, um, has everything to do with pay-for-play, Mossad, uh, you know, control files. Um, It has literally been the investor, functionary that comes out of APAC and so also we have uh, George P. Bush um, the half uh, Mexican uh, Jeb Bush's son who's half Mexican with, with his mother uh, uh, whatever name is I can't remember her name <laughs> Carmina or, or something like that um, they uh, and then Oh, there's so much. I can't fit it all in this video. I'm gonna have to come back tomorrow with it, but.
1: We will be back tomorrow. you, on Kyla Powers Radio. just gonna hit up McAllister,
3: see what she's talking about. Looking into it. And the reason I've been holding back on it is because the more I learn about it, the more it starts to answer all my questions. Now, the bottom line of the whole thing is that a lot of these people may have the RH blood factor. There may be an Rh blood factor involved here, and that I think a lot of these people are do go back to the Knights Templar um, bloodlines, and these are bloodlines. These Templar Templars are bloodlines. I, this is what this is what a lot of people are putting out there now, and I'm going to go through it with you because I think it's I think that's what this is. I think the red shoes mean they're Templars. That's what oh. I think the red shoes mean. And because they're Templars, they're, they're cannibals and they eat human meat. Oh. And this goes back to their bloodlines that they hate humanity, the Templars do. Now, I took a lot of these graphics off a, a series of videos. This one's called the Swiss Beast, Home of the Devil. Uh, There's a guy, he's a professor, and I can't remember his name, but his uh, identity on YouTube is called Central Intelligence Agency. Now, I think this guy is full of uh, good information. The, The problem I see with him is he's a fatalist. Well, he's Swiss. Oh no. So, you know, he grew up in this country that the Knights Templar, Templars own. This is where all the Swiss banks are, and if you notice, The Switzerland never takes a stand. Q keeps pointing us back to Switzerland. And to me, Switzerland has always been this innocuous, you know, sort of, it's just there. You know, you you think of uh, the Swiss Alps and the Lederhosen and all that stuff. You you don't really think about Switzerland as being any kind of threat or anything. It's just kind of there, you know? (laughs) And they're dancing on the side of mountains and yodeling and stuff.
4: You
3: you don't even ever think of it as being this sinister place. But over the past few weeks, I've learned it is a very sinister place, extremely sinister. This all goes back to ancient Egypt. And the theory that uh, Central Intelligence Agency, I can't remember his name, but that's the name of his YouTube channel, that he is expounding is that these bloodlines of the pharaohs formed the Knights Templar. This guy, Central Intelligence Agency, he believes they're aliens, that they have alien blood, alien DNA, and that this all goes back to ancient Egypt, and they believe the earth belongs to them. They're the superior race, and they can't stand humanity. They wanna get rid of us. So you can see where Lower Egypt and Upper Egypt, this is the combination, combined crown of the Pharaoh of Egypt. And he led his forces into Lower Egypt and overthrew the king. He became the first Pharaoh, the name given to all rulers in Egypt. And it's the double crown. It shows victory and it symbolizes unification, the joining of separate parts into one. Pharaoh meant the great house or the palace, and they had absolute power, absolute power. Egyptian pharaohs were called the son of Ra, so they worshiped the sun. They believed they were born out of the sun, literally, that they were born literally out of the sun. This is a series of stills to illustrate how the Knights Templar Cross is also the pyramid. It's also the swastika. And just about every symbol that they come up with for every secret society goes back to this right here. So if you watch, you could take the pyramid, you begin to smash it down, right? And it forms the cross. Now, if you take these angles right here, what have you got? You've got a swastika. This is just three uh, transformations. What you have is a variation of this uh, Templar's cross, and it's a mathematical variation. And it's present on both the Swiss flag and the Red Cross symbol. So the Red Cross is nothing but a corrupted Swiss spy organization, okay? According to this guy, Central Intelligence Agency, but I think this makes perfect sense. That's what they're doing, according to Q. According to Q, that's what they're doing. And every country now has a Red Cross. So this is a spy network, a corrupted Swiss spy organization. And uh, he talks about the, now he's Swiss. And there's one thing I want to mention about him. He's got a series of videos and they're very interesting. He goes to all these out of the way temples, castles where they, you know, he goes to the Mothers of uh, Darkness castle. And there's actually tripwires set up around the place. So he can only get so close. They've got everything tripwired and He goes to all these places, and it's very interesting. And I'm not going to steal his videos, but I will. uh, I did take some stills, and I will steer you to just go ahead and uh, go ahead and search Templar's Central Intelligence Agency, and and all his videos should come up. And actually, if you search Templars and Pharaoh, all of his videos will come up. He has a good video called The Pharaoh Show. Now, he's going to tell you that they are extraterrestrials, the pharaohs are, and that the pharaohs uh, are extraterrestrials, that we are the invaders. They they really want to get rid of us. (laughs) But that they have interbred with us, these pharaohs, these pharaohs, these extraterrestrials have interbred with us. And, but that they consider themselves superior beings. They look at us as cattle. Now, that's what he's going to tell you. Do I believe that? I don't know. I don't know. If people do fight back, he, he says they're stupid because they're never going to win. <laughs> because everybody's involved in this. Nobody who runs for office is a human. <laughs> <laughs> they're these ETs. You know, and they're gonna win and it's useless and don't fight them. So, I, I, I at this point, all... I'm, I'm not one to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think he's got a really good point here. There's a bloodline issue. Look, we have an RH factor on this planet. We have that, you know, on this flat earth planet, whatever it is, we have an RH factor here. It's there, it's, it's a mystery but it's there. So I would submit to you that- So check out whatever it is she's talking about. The Red Cross was founded by the Templars. I think it's- And the Red Cross is a Templar's cross. Red and white Swiss colors are Templar. And it goes back to the Pharaoh. Now, he goes to this place and it's a Templar's uh, castle. They, they, they've they turned it into a winery, but it's still Templar wine. They still produce Templar wine and this place is very, very creepy. Here is a shot. They have this artwork all around it. This place is completely oh, looks isolated. And he's up here walking around, taking pictures and video.
1: And I'll tell you right now, it looks like Alison in Wonderland. It looks completely, uh decorated to be like Alice in Wonderland, like that's where she went or something. There have been so many uh, clues to the fact
3: that it all goes back to Switzerland. And I think this is what Q is talking about. Now this gives you an idea of what the winery looks like, but this Templars winery in Switzerland, and it's in the middle of nowhere, this place is. Look all the way out here, there's there's artwork everywhere, statues, uh, all kinds of bizarre artwork on these grounds. Now we get closer, out there in the middle of the uh, vineyards and there's the Templar's shield and the Templar's cross. And it almost looks like an alien, doesn't it? I'm not saying the Templars are aliens. I'm not willing to go that far right now but there is an Rh blood factor when we do need to figure out what's going on with that. And this whole scenario, uh, is lending itself. Now he's saying reptilian statues statues in ancient satanic Knights Templar commandery with extraterrestrial alien alphabet. So, this is a video, he, he, he won't hold the camera very still, which is what, another reason why I took stills, because he's just rolling, that camera's just going everywhere. But I imagine he wants to get out of there. <laughs> he's probably torn. He wants to get out, but then again, he wants to also make sure he documents everything, but he's moving the camera very fast. There's trip, I, I don't think there's trip wiring here. He goes to a lot of different places. This is the guy that goes to the uh, Mothers of Darkness Castle. He goes right up to it. That's where the tripwires are. But this is a winery. People are working here, even though it's in the middle of freaking nowhere. I don't know where these people live that work here. Um, and he apparently is on foot who's gotten into this place. Now here is the basis of the entire Knights Templar Cross. It's this shape right here and they have obelisks of it all over this Templar wine place. But there's a video and he, this guy, Central Intelligence Agency did a video where he shows how you can make like thousands of designs out of this one shape and that's how they find each other. That's how they find each other. Also, when you're talking about the Freemasons, those upper level of Freemasonry are to weed out, those are for these Templars, Templars. Those are the ones who get to the upper levels of Freemasonry and that's why they all have red shoes. I think they're Templars and I think they're cannibals and I think they kill and hunt their, their, their children and they wear things made out of human skin. I think they're Templars. They've got a Pharaoh bloodline possibly So I think that's where this is going. They're Templars. They hate humans. They hate humans. They hate humans. And these Templars believe that they are uh, of, look, whether I believe it or not is not the question. These Templars believe they come from extraterrestrial uh, background because they have pharaoh bloodlines in them. whether it goes back to the pharaohs or not.
1: And let me just say something about the research uh, that I'm gonna be adding on top of uh, kind of picking up where she's leaving off. Um, When I was looking back at uh, some of uh, where the British DNA uh, goes back to um, and they were claiming that there are connections to uh, certain pharaohs It's very important to understand which pharaohs that it was and when. These were the pharaohs that came and took over from the black pharaohs that were there. So this is very important that we understand uh, uh, what period in Egypt did this happen because other major changes uh, were happening to the Egyptian culture and everything if they're claiming uh, that it's extraterrestrial or whatever we know Egypt was interrupted by uh, some outside forces so I think that uh, that's worth digging into so that's why it's very important that we connect everybody's research that we're doing and and that we uh, collate information because I do think that it is connected so i only play a portion of uh her things because she's seems to be a little sensitive about it but not only that um you know it's it's a lot of she really goes in depth with a lot of information that is difficult for a lot of people to handle i'm just trying to give you a summation um for people that don't have time and um People like insight that's way out of the box on a lot of this. That's what I'm trying to give you an Trump overview.
5: is now backing Matthew so Whitaker,
1: who is the really acting attorney
5: way. general, and saying that Whitaker doesn't need to recuse himself from overseeing the Russia investigation. Lindsey Graham went on to say, I think Whitaker was appropriately appointed legal... And before
1: we go into that, I think it's also very important that we share each other's uh, information. Everybody has a, a slice of the pie... And I think that um, as many people as possible, we have a whole nation that needs to be red-pilled. And and if they find any one of us that leads to any other of us, it's fantastic. Because then they're getting the whole picture and the whole overview. So it's definitely uh, a communal effort and everyone's putting in um, so much work. So anyway... Here's a tidbit of let the unsealing D-class begin. Let the world witness the truth. X-22 Report. Um, like I said, I want to introduce, there's so many people following me. I don't know who they are. I don't know where they are. But if they're going to be looking at me for whatever reasons as I go through my career in entertainment, then they will look at every single thing that is important to me, which is my country. And... um making sure that humanity, you know, can stand up for itself if it decides to. Here we go.
5: I don't think he has to recuse himself. And Graham is the mem- is a member of the Judiciary Committee. And we see that since McCain is now gone, it seems that Graham is following orders. We see that Turkey has said that they released the recordings to France, re- to the UK, Germany, the United States. And the French foreign minister stated Monday that France was not in possession of the recordings related to the killing of Khashoggi. And Turkey is calling France a liar. Now we know that Turkey said they were never going to distribute the recordings. They were never going to release them. So what is really going on here? Because it seems like there's a game being played and there's a different agenda being pushed here than just Khashoggi being murdered in the Saudi consulate. But we'll have to see how this all plays out. We see that Trump was in Paris, so was Putin, and they were both at the World War One commemorations, and they shook hands. Now, we know the deep state, they don't like this whatsoever. They tried to keep them apart for a very long time, but it seems that both leaders now are coming together and they'll be meeting more often. And this is something the deep state Does not like it all. We see out in the Middle East, especially in Yemen right now, the U.S. is going to end the refueling of Saudi planes. Now, remember, the deep state, they were helping Saudi Arabia because what happened? The Houthis, they kicked out the puppet regime in Yemen. The deep state ordered Saudi Arabia to invade Yemen to restore order. They refueled their planes, and now that is coming to an end. Little pieces at a time are being removed from different areas. I mean, if you look at Iraq, if you look at Syria, you can see there were different things being removed a little bit at a time. Well, we're not gonna be paying for the moderate rebels training anymore in Syria. We're not gonna be paying for the Kurdish troops anymore. We're not paying for the refueling of the Saudi planes anymore. What does this mean? It means everything is being reversed and the deep state, they are going to be in trouble. The Iraqi parliament right now, they are pushing the US for a timetable to get the troops out of Iraq. Countries do not want the United States in there, and it's not the people. They don't want the deep state in there anymore. Remember, the deep state pushed their agenda on all these countries for a very long time. Actually, Syria is looking to work with the UN for crimes against civilians in the country. Now, once again, this was the deep state. This wasn't the people of the United States. This is not what the people of the United States wanted. The deep state lied to the people of the United States to push these wars. And we had a rogue government. That's really what was going on. Let's get into some of Q's posts here, post 2467. Q put up a tweet by Trump and it says, there is no reason for these massive, deadly and costly forest fires in California except that forest management is so poor. Billions of dollars are given each year with so many lives lost, all because of gross mismanagement of the forests. Remedy now or no more Fed payments? Then Q referred us to post 1762. This is back July 30th, 2018. What happens when California is in serious debt and lost priority aid from the Fed government due to sanctuary status, the illegals. They light fires, declare a state of emergency and require billions from the Fed. Why did POTUS reject in the past sick people, the more you know? And they gave news articles about this. Below this, Q says, do you believe in coincidences? How many coincidences before it becomes mathematically impossible? Expand your thinking. Amount of fires in California in the past 12 months? The amount of fires in California in the past 10 years? date fed funding cut off from california as a result of violations of sanctuary state city california budget cuts past 12 months re fire and prevention reduce eliminate dry brush cleanup reduce eliminate tree line cleanup reduce eliminate fire break installations reduce eliminate chopper fly over to target high exposure areas reduce eliminate population areas exposure and fire break safety management Reduce, eliminate use of inmates, correction and facilities, in brackets bold, for highway cleanup and dry brush removal. What is the primary purpose of declaring a state of emergency? What determines the size of the Fed payment to a state that is declared a state of emergency? What is the current debt of California? The more you know, Q. So in Annan, put all this together. The first line, do you believe in coincidences? Not in politics. No, sir. How many coincidences before it becomes mathematically impossible? Expand your thinking. Amount of fires in California past 12 months. A total of 7,579 fires had burned an area of 1,564 acres, according to the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection and the National Interagency Fire Center as of November 9th. Amount of fires in California past 10 years. Well, the Annan looked it up and looked up for 2017, 2018, and for the years 2003 to 2007. And between the five-year average of 2003 to 2007, it's 5,379. 2008, it's 4,923. 2009, 3,546. We bring it all the way down to 2015. It's 8,283, 2016, 6,954, 2017, 9,133, 2018, so far, 7,579, a total of 67,538. Date-fed funding cut off from the California as a result of violations. sanctuary state city. March 6, Sessions opened a lawsuit against California. California budget cuts past 12 months, fire and prevention. And the NM put up, the end of the drought will save California some money in its next budget. Governor Jerry Brown's revised proposal out Thursday would cut more than $100 million plan for drought response. Michael Cohen is the state finance director. The bulk of the $63 million that we still have in our budget package for the Cal Fire, says Cohen. There are still lots of dead trees out there that are going to make a likely rough fire season. This budget also includes some money for the tree removal. The drought exacerbated a bark beetle infestation that has left around a hundred million trees dead and dying statewide. So what is the primary purpose of declaring a state of emergency to get money? What is the current debt of California? 426 plus billion. Now, We also know that there are people within California right now, they are actually lighting the fires. A California man has been taken into custody on suspicions of arson as firefighters have contained just about 5% of the blaze that started Wednesday in Riverside County. And it looks like there are people out there who are lighting the fires. Moving on to post 2468. Q put up the Scaramucci play. Temp hired to remove embedded untrustworthy staffers, Spicer, Priebus. Temps can be very dangerous to those who are targeted. Think Whitaker. Brackets, all bold, caps, next week. White House, and this is in brackets and bold, optics, must remain stable. and gave a link to abcnewsgo.com. This is a list of officials who have left the Trump administration and it gives a whole list of people that have resigned or were fired. Many, Q says, do not leave by choice. Save face and promote MAGA or be exposed. Less than 10. Attacks occur from all directions. Logical thinking. Why attack a movement simply by design, asking people to think for themselves? Control equals power. Why are the biggest news companies in the world continuing to attack the movement? Why is the Washington Post leading the attacks? Why do the attacks come in waves? Coordinated? you attack those the most who are the biggest threat. Brackets bold, caps, swamp contains red and blue. So basically the swamp is made up of many people in both camps. So Scaramucci was brought in to do one thing and one thing only, get rid of those that Trump could not trust. Many left on their own accord, so they were not brought out into the spotlight and others had to be fired. As of now, POTUS has an inner inner circle that he trusts. The inner circle, they're made up of 10 people. The rest are on the outer edges of the circle. So he has an inner circle of 10 people that he completely trusts right now. The deep state or clowns, they are used to being in control. They like control. They are in control via the mainstream media. How do they control the public? Publish a story, repeat through all the news outlets, If all the news outlets are carrying it, it must be true. Anyone that questions the story, they're labeled conspiracy nuts. Q was established for a particular reason. It was to bypass the mainstream media. It wasn't to tell the future. It wasn't to look in a crystal ball and predict things. It was to bypass the mainstream media to let everyone know what was really going on and what the plan was. Now, could they tell us everything? Absolutely not. They can give us a lot of clues, and they wanted people to do something very, very specific here. They wanted the people not just to accept the information, but to dig deep and research the information to make sure that what they were saying was true and to put the pieces together ourselves. Why did Q want that? Because that allows the people to work together
1: People working
5: together and thinking logically without emotions, without just taking the word of the mainstream media, that is power.
1: And you own the, once you've looked it up for yourself and you own it, you're not just following it. You possess that information. When you run into people, I hate to say it. But instead of fighting, you can really drop some truth bombs. That even if, even if you have a conversation with someone, and I, I advocate that we do this in the most uh, civilized and smartest way. But even if you have a conversation with somebody and you dropped one truth bomb and they went away from you saying, Well, I don't agree with you, and da 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 da, and that you'll see this look on their face where they know that somewhere in their thinking they they there was something that they skipped there was a blind spot and they're dissettled and they are going to look into everything that you said because you planted a seed that was different from whatever it is that they're getting from these other media outlets and even if they even if to your face you know it was you're crazy and you're off and you're uh, nothing you say could possibly be true and no one's ever heard of it and no one thinks like that let them say whatever they want I bet that those same people are going to be curious enough to look into whatever it is you said and if they if they aren't anytime they hear that information again I'm telling you they're going to be listening with a different set of ear eardrums. so It's a slow process, unfortunately, um, to undo the brainwashing that the media is doing, but we're doing it. And I'm very proud of, of my participation, everybody's participation. And it's really, I think, with all of the efforts that we have of people to divide us, this research and us, we're being pulled together by the truth, the truth is actually what, what is uniting us and what's bringing us together, and what is uh, you know us all having interests <laughs> in saving the country, saving each other, ourselves. It it puts us on the common page, no matter you know how divisive things get. It puts us on the path of uh, of truth telling and truth finding. So um that's all I want to do is to be able if I if I have this attention on me, it's not about me. Never was no no matter what these people say, you know, because I've I've had to really actually stand up and prove, you know, who I am and what I do. I don't know anybody that that's had to do that, then you know that you you might have to give your resume a couple of times for people to understand, but what I'm about, I'm always about uh us the us factor i'm about everybody i i rarely if anything i talk about the things that i'm going through it's because what i recognized early on is my own challenges are what anyone if if they won it's exactly what anybody that is being targeted would actually end up having to deal with. I don't know if I said that in the best way, but I think you understand what it is that I'm saying, that I'm the fast-forward version of, you know, what happens to your rights if these people get to continue the road that they're on. I, I, I'm i the example, everything that I'm living, them, them being able to have microphones and... Um, Video cameras in your house. I mean, they're doing it with the televisions. Every single thing. People, banks being able to remove money from your account and all kinds of stuff. Once money goes digital, everybody's running to crypto. You know, there's, you really don't think there's a backdoor in crypto. I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm just saying the reason why I work so hard at this and I do this is so that everybody can. It's transparency. With my situation, you can see every little thing, and every person that I'm watching, and the experience that I'm having, of truth finding and and um, looking at the overview of what people think and feel. That's what I feel like my contribution is. I'm I'm not just here to um, to try to be some independent uh, investigator. I, I, that's not my that's not what I'm trying to do. And I'm actually not trying to predict the future either. Um, what I'm using is my intuition. And I'm sharing that with people of what I do as a, as a performing artist, as a visual artist, as a, a writer. I have to put things together. That's, that's what I do. And so... I'm putting it together like everyone else. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these films that are coming out. Many people don't see any kind of a, a correlation between things that uh, is promoted in the mass media. And so even if the, me, the, uh, the themes might be extreme or cross over to mythology or whatever, I want to help help be one of the voices and the eyes on that so i hope that this helped anybody that uh just wants to get you know you could be new to the movement new to the truth or movement and there's so many channels out there and there's so many great channels but um this is a guide if you're new to it check these people out first and and then you you have some direction of where to go anyway i gotta go I want everybody to have a great, absolutely blessed day and uh, know that um, if I cover a certain topic uh, in my podcast, that I have been known to go back and to add to certain episodes as much as I can. Like if I get any new information and you see a topic, you know, it's if you listen to it again, even I hear things that I didn't hear before and I even hear myself say things and I'm like oh yeah so not only that but I'm adding to it so it's it's always going to be under certain topics and share those topics Um, obviously if it's a lot of information then I'll start a whole new thread and a whole new podcast on it but anyway everyone have a absolutely fantastic day enjoy every single second every single second I am, Kyla Powers Radio. And let me say something to people, you know, that are like, oh, clear heads prevail and we've got all these responsible people. Oh, really? Then how come when 9-11 happened, people just freaked out and we were so grieved and we were so, you know, outraged that we just let them do whatever the heck they want. And we lost so many freedoms. Laws that we assume are in place are not in place. They can just arrest and do whatever they want. And because we haven't seen them exercise these laws, we think that, that, that laws didn't change. Oh, yes, they did. Oh, yes, they did. The laws changed, people. We were taken by surprise on 9-11. And that caught... We didn't have a plan. We didn't... If they had done anything, we would have just been hit. And again, again, with the we're winning and we're getting so comfortable... Other than President Trump and his plan, which is fantastic, there's no plan B and I'm sorry, that is just plain stupid.
0: We are under emergency
6: conditions. Created after 9-11. Extraordinary means are required to deal with a threat. Collecting data on American citizens. You're looking for unknown conspirators, and the way they devised to do that was to look at everybody. Secrets at the highest levels of government. A whole surveillance program without warrants designed for domestic
7: surveillance. And what we're doing is awful, and I think is effective. Through two presidencies...
8: Cla-
1: Before I let this documentary continue, I want to just say something else about uh, shock and awe and things that people are saying um, that can't happen they don't think that things certain things can happen cuz they have this they're, they're living in an imaginary dream world well jfk wanted to liberate us from the fed way back in the day and after his death immediately after his death those plans were scrapped nobody knew what hit them and nobody picked up the ball and that's why we're still dealing with the same people today because we were taken by surprise number one we didn't even have a clue about the conspiracies that were. oh no i can't be, this can't be going on what no you're just you must be drinking too much chocolate milk with nanites in it no honey wake it up they do these events and they do these PSYOPs so that the people that are just sitting there, well, you know, we, we won the vote. We, we got the majority and um, we got Trump and that's all we need. And we got white Jesus. Can I feel I'm telling you people, anybody that is a, a, a military minded person, anyone who is a veteran, you got to know that things could play out any number of ways. We look at how different characters are just showing up on the scene and that's why I'm going to show Mag Ugly Truth next. They're introducing different people all the time on this farce of a world stage that's going on, and it's nothing but distractions. And it changes things. These characters change what people believe, and so that changes what people decide. Because they follow certain people. There's people out there thinking that David Hogg is for real. Him and his ball-headed friend. Think that they're, they, there's people that think they're legitimate. And that's really scary. Okay. Yeah. Brazilian. Think about that. I'm, I'm not playing this whole documentary, but it's some of the stuff that Snowden said again. I'm, I'm going to look for it here to just remind us. The government that we think we have is very different from what we've got. Cool. And we're dealing with people in charge that might as well not be human. And I'm not even joking. If they're even remotely involved in assaulting children or cannibalism, you, you're, you've you lost your humanity card. You're not invited to the cookout anymore. Let's wake it up
9: program. He was
0: collecting the entire internet stream. But he chose to keep the programs largely intact. That's not just data collection. That's digital surveillance.
1: I argued it was unethical, illegal and unconstitutional. If nothing's going on, right? All you people that think everything's just fine and you're just saying that because you want Trump to get rid of them Okay, if nothing is going on why do all of us have to be surveilled? What Start asking yourself, Democrats, liberals, let's start thinking. Why do you think the level of surveillance had to get up the ante? Why do you think they gotta have Alexa and Siri as new family members in your house? Why do all the smart meters need to be changed so that they can tell government every single thing that's going on? The place where the paranoia is, is in the government. What, what are they so afraid that we're going to do? And why, why are they so afraid that, we, that they need to watch us every Sunday? They need us to check in on Facebook and tell them where we just ate and what we like. And why do they have to know? What our relationship status is, what our temperament is, what we think, what we know, who our friends—why? Let's wake it up for the people that don't think that anything could pass. Everything is exactly as it appears to be on the surface. Wow. and when this comes out, all hell is going to break loose.
6: Tonight on Frontline, United States of Secrets. Part one, the program.
1: And they're telling it to you. This was on, this is on regular TV. Frontline is telling you. And you people still don't get it. You don't absorb it.
6: That by getting rid of me, they could prevent the story from happening. He said that my life would be at risk. In late May, Verak surprised Gilman and Poitras. He sent them an invitation. He said, your destination is Hong Kong. The wanted to go. Barton Gelman, worried about a secret meeting- Okay, in pol- I don't know
1: who the hell they are. Let's get to n- the-
6: I sent a message to uh, Janine, saying the Guinness is good. The documents Snowden delivered revealed the history and details of one of the United States government's most closely guarded secrets. It was known as the program. <laughs>
1: United States of Secrets. Get to it. I'm trying to been just
0: done, and that break we were
10: all somewhat if not all culpable.
11: You have to remember that NSA was created after World War II to prevent another surprise attack. That was the whole raison d'être for NSA. Oh yeah,
1: and then 9/11 came and they were totally off their their game. So all of that was for what? If, something like, if you don't think that 9-11 was an inside job and they've been doing all this preparation since World War II, how did they fail as badly as they failed and why was no one held accountable? If you have trouble answering these questions, you might need to wake it up.
11: Harbor.
8: we don't want another
11: Pearl
10: Harbor immediately we began to uh, wonder what we had done wrong why did we miss the boat what didn't we detect oh my that we god should have we detected?
1: messed up again oh we just messed it up oh 3,000 people just happened to die and we lost all our rights uh wins on this
6: take the gloves off bring me an aggressive plan
11: And they asked me, is there anything that we had that could have prevented
1: 9-11?
11: Loomis told them what
6: he believed was necessary. Begin monitoring foreign internet traffic going through the United States.
11: The U.S. internet hubs handle so much of the worldwide internet traffic.
1: And isn't it funny that they were following everybody but the people inside our own government that were colluding to to pull this off? They've got all the foreign nations attacked, but not the people in the government that are doing wrong.
11: He said, I'm coming out. I'll be there in about 30 minutes.
2: We don't need to know all that. Get
11: on it. Normally, we communicate with each other. Uh, We're keeping secret uh, this new operation of some sort.
6: Dozens of NSA employees were sworn to secrecy. But before long, details
0: were leaked to Drake. I had people coming to me with grave concerns about what are we doing, Tom? I thought we're supposed to have a warrant. I'm being directed to deploy what's normally foreign intelligence, outward-facing equipment. I'm being now directed to place it on internal networks.
6: At the same time, Bill Binney and the ThinThread team heard that the program was using ThinThread, but stripping out the privacy protections.
12: What they're hearing is that the program they designed is in some form being put into use, but without the, the protections that they had designed in.
9: What they did was they, uh, they got rid of the section of the code that encrypted any of the attributes of US citizens.
6: Even Ed Loomis, who had wanted a more robust approach, was surprised at how far the agency was willing to go.
11: I just refused to believe after all I had been through for 37 years that all of a sudden things would change and they'd go back to the old ways, back to the early 70s. I didn't believe that they could possibly have just flip-flopped no. and, and gone 180 degrees the other way. No, it's I, awesome. I just didn't believe it.
6: To the Thin Thread team, collecting data does that without sound like a sound direct... familiar
1: does that sound familiar to people when we tell them that people are still being cannibals out there and we tell them that the government is compromised by people that have done snuff films with children and how many people say oh no uh no it's not happening does that remind you of something
10: very very
6: very concerned and the fact that their thin-thread system had been incorporated into the program was the last straw. We said we, we, we can't stick around and be a party to this. This We can't be an accessory to all these crimes, so we have to get out. At the end of October 2001, so Bill Benny, Kirk Weeby, and Ed Loomis all quietly retired. Tom Drake stayed behind.
12: So Drake is now still working away over at the NSA with his, his worries rising about what's going on in terms of domestic surveillance.
6: Once again, Drake confronted Maureen Baginski.
0: I made one final attempt, one final appeal to Maureen Baginski, and she demurred. And she simply said, call, call the Office of General Counsel which I did. And I said, I want to I want to speak to the lead attorney. She'd give me the name, I want to speak. It was Vito Potenza.
1: I'm pausing this for a second because a lot of people might lose the narrative that I'm trying to make I'm very, very clear. This
13: is coming up. The eigenvalue is off. The eigenvalue is off. The eigenvalue is
1: off.
7: Mm-hmm. Looks all right to me. I advise them to program a Fourier
1: transform. Holographic airplanes transform. were used on Fourier transform.
14: Not if those two get to him first. You want it!
15: I am tired of weakness. I am faced with a grave problem and I intend to resolve it quickly and cleanly. You really are crazy. You're a fucking cuckoo. I won't be insulted by you and you're not to attempt to interfere with this investigation again. And now we know the truth. Eigenvalues. Fourier transforms. Two necessary pieces of technology, beam technology, for the creation of a holographic picture. Why are these technologies being referenced here in this film?
12: About well, we're going to get
15: into that. And we're going to get into what this film means that was filmed almost exclusively at the Pentagon.
1: Go for it. 3D interaction. He's showing us. The
15: 1987, hall. the 14th year after the opening of the World Betrayed Center. 1987 was the Hebrew year 47.
14: These the new people to the Pentagon? Yeah,
15: there are 4,700 possible so far, so far, so far. And here we see in this film, No Way Out, the flight path of Flight 77 from the airplane to the Pentagon. The 14th year in a film that was 114 minutes long and released on the 14th of August, 1987. This film was all about moles in the Pentagon. This film was all about holograms and holographic terminology let's see what this was all about i believe we solved i just want
1: to reiterate um so this is i should just call this movie night no way out 1988 we all need to watch that movie again it's telling us exactly what's going on. Again, I will say these films are telling us while people are sitting there going like, where did you ever get that idea? Why would you think that they were using holograms? No, I was there, okay? I saw the plane. No, you saw a hologram. And this movie is going to break down exactly when and how they applied that technology. And,
15: and, the, and the method by which... These planes were created to fool the entire world. Let's take a look. So the opening credits zoom in on this house. And as you can see here, we've identified the house. The house has since been torn down and rebuilt into whatever this house with the green roof is. But the point is, is that the address of this house is 2001, the year that Blind Eleven would happen Remember, this film was from 1987, but yet the address is 2001 South Arlington Ridge Road. What were they trying to tell us?
1: Till the know. Secretary
15: of State tries to pin a murder you of this woman on Kevin thing? Costner. And he didn't do it, but mean, he was Hamilton? intimate with the woman. And you see all the numerology spread throughout the film pointing to the future date 14 years later that would happen. And she takes a Polaroid of Kevin Costner, but they can't make it out. So they use this computer-generated algorithm to try and decrypt and decode this Polaroid. And what they're getting at is he says you can actually create whatever image that you want using the algorithm. This is exactly what happened on line 11, I believe, this is
16: as bad as with the
15: airplanes. Right? Now, watch. This is a training tape. I'm speeding it up. The original picture is broken down into pixels. That's the smallest element on the emulsion, sort of an atom of the picture. Sort of an atom of the picture. The computer just asks itself, what would be next to what if we played with the pixels? That's all there is to it? That's all there is to it? Well, we uh, do have to keep on top of the computer. Computers don't think. For example, if we had programmed this to come out a car instead of a monkey, for example, if we had programmed this to come out a car instead of a monkey, uh, right now you'd be looking at a hairy Buick. All right, uh, just get started. Wait wait a minute, it takes billions of calculations.
14: These are new people at the Pentagon?
15: Yeah, there are 4,700 possible so far.
14: Well, we are not calling your girlfriend.
4: Remember, big brother's listening.
13: I'm not satisfied with the way this is coming up. The eigenvalue is off. The eigenvalue is off. The eigenvalue is off.
7: Looks all right to me. I advise them to program a
13: Fourier transform.
14: A Fourier transform. A Fourier transform. <laughs> not if those two get to it first. you
1: IT! I AM TIRED! So finished.
11: he explained
1: that. I don't, I don't think people are getting it. I'm gonna have to clarify it some more. Okay, so we're going over. Uh, these phone calls that were allegedly made while these people were in the air on planes, which is not even possible. Let's hear it. Let's wake it up. This is from a video called The New Pearl Harbor.
9: This is it. One question becomes inevitable at this point. If those were military drones and not regular airliners, what happened to the passengers. With certainty, no one can answer this question. One thing we do know, however, the CIA has been developing plans for covert operations that involve the in-flight swapping of commercial airliners with military drones since the 1960s. One such plan was called Operation Northwoods and it detailed how to replace a civil airliner with a military drone in midair unbeknownst to the air traffic controllers. After the swap, the airliner would be landed in a military base. The drone would continue to fly, appearing on radar as the original plane, and would be remotely guided all the way into the target. We don't know whether this is the actual end the passengers met, but one thing we can say for sure, those who called their relatives from their cell phones could not have placed those calls from the airplanes in flight. Minutes after the fourth plane had crashed in Pennsylvania, news was already circulating that several passengers had made calls with their cell phones from the hijacked airplanes.
3: We are being hijacked, we are being hijacked. Those frightening words were uttered by a passenger aboard United Flight 93, who was able to call emergency personnel on his cell phone before the plane crashed in Western Pennsylvania.
14: And tonight we're getting reports of cell phone calls from at least three of those four flights on the second flight that came out of boston that was the second flight of the day and also went into one of the twin towers of the world trade center there was a businessman who got off two cell phone calls uh, to his father
10: the cnn commentator barbara olson wife of u.s solicitor general Very ted olson she reportedly called her husband twice on a mobile phone to tell him her plane was being hijacked
9: the problem is that in 2001 it was practically impossible to make a call with a cell phone from an airplane at cruising altitudes The whole idea behind cellular phones is that they use low power transmitters, both to keep the cost of the units down and to preserve battery life. It is up to the receiving towers on the ground to pick up and boost their signal before they route it through the system. It is commonly thought that beyond 10,000 feet in altitude, most cell phones become useless. Passenger planes normally cruise at 30,000 feet and beyond. The editors of Popular Mechanics, however, maintain that cell phones do work from cruising airplanes, even at maximum altitudes. David Dunbar.
10: With regard to the cell phones, we did what any reporter would do. We talked to experts in the field, and in fact, cell phones do work at that altitude, up to 35,000 feet and higher. And... um, In 2001? In 2001, and it might be instructive for you to talk to
9: some of the cell phone experts. Instead of talking to experts, Japanese television decided to take matters into their own hands. In 2003, they conducted an on-camera experiment near Ontario, Canada, to verify the actual reach of cell phones from different altitudes.
17: The cellular phone system used in the experiment in Canada is the one used in the United States. Three cell phones, each from different telephone companies, were used. The experiment begins at a 1,000 feet. Hello? Hello, I'm
8: calling from the cell phone page. I went out to make sure you okay?
17: The results were the same with the other two. Next, we went up to 4,000 feet. Then...
0: Nope, not on... Uh...
17: Company B's phone stopped working at 4,000 feet. And when the aircraft rose to 6,000 feet, Company A's phone also became useless. At 8,000 feet, none of the three cell phones worked anymore. No service on A, no service on B, no service on C. In other words, at an altitude of 35,000 feet, cell phones would have been totally useless.
9: There is another problem besides altitude that makes calling from a cell phone unthinkable from a cruising airplane, and that is speed. Calling from an aircraft with a cell phone would be like calling from a car traveling at 500 miles per hour. The connection would continuously need to be transferred from one receiving station to the next, and then to the next, and again to the next. The transfer procedure between two receiving stations is called handoff and it relies on continuous triangulations between the receiving towers in order to establish the exact position of the caller. As the mobile unit approaches the handoff zone, the first tower senses the weakening of the signal and prepares to transfer the call to the second. When the second tower senses the signal is strong enough to take over, the handoff procedure is initiated. If everything goes well, the call is rerouted into the system by the new receiving station. But the speed by which an airplane approaches and crosses over the handoff zone is so high that the towers wouldn't have the time to complete the handoff procedure. The call would be dropped and the person would need to dial the number from scratch. If one considers the altitude and the speed problems combined, it should be clear that the chances of having an actual conversation with a cell phone from a cruising airplane are practically nil. Even after 2001, both altitude and speed problems remain. In 2005, the Washington Post wrote, most cell phones can't reach a station from beyond 10,000 feet. Another technical hurdle is to find a way that cell phone calls would be handed off from one cell tower to another on the ground when an aircraft is traveling at 500 miles an hour. And even 10 years after 9-11, people who try to use their cell phone from cruising altitudes are bound to get the same results. Once it became clear that the passengers could not have placed their calls from the cell phones on the airplanes, the official narrative on this issue became more and more ambiguous and noncommittal. Theodore Olson, who had initially told the press he had received two cell phone calls from his wife Barbara, changed his story to calls made from an airphone. And by the time the 9-11 Commission published their final report, only one mention on the cell phone calls remained. Shortly thereafter, wrote the commission, passengers and flight crew began a series of calls from GTA airphones and cellular phones. No indication on which calls were made from cell phones and which ones with airphones was given. The authorities from the Masawi trial also avoided being too specific on the origin of the calls. Within the official documentation, they released this flash animation, which contains all the basic information on the four hijacked airplanes. By clicking on any of the flights, one can view the passengers list. By clicking on the telephone icon at the bottom, the passengers who have made phone calls are highlighted. And by clicking on any of the passengers names, the list of the calls they have made is displayed. Each of the calls lists the exact time it was placed, the duration, the initial part of the number dialed, and the name of the person receiving the call. But the number from which the phone call was placed is missing. The only information available is the location on the plane the calls were presumably made from, row 30 in this case. It's as if the authorities were trying to suggest that the calls were made from airphones without having to put it down on paper. Only in two cases did the authorities openly state that a cell phone was used. One is the call allegedly placed to 911 by a passenger who had locked himself in a lavatory where airphones are not available. The second is a call placed by flight attendant C.C. C. Lyles to her husband, who later described his surprise in receiving a call from her cell phone in a television interview. Once the phone got disconnected, then I sat up in the bed. Like, it was like I just woke up. I'm like, D-
5: did, was that a real call? So I looked at the caller ID and noticed that it was a call, and it was from her cell phone. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. How, how can she call me from on the plane from a cell phone? Because cell phones don't work on a plane. That's what I'm thinking. As only
9: these two phone calls were admitted by the authorities, the debunkers have universally adopted the only two cell phone calls made position.
18: The telefonate non sono state fatte con i cellulari, sono state fatte con gli airphone. In soli due casi è stato usato un cellulare, quindi quelle due telefonate brevissime, frammentarie. He's He's totally compatible compatible to cell phones.
9: but one thing is the number of cell phone calls admitted to another is the number of calls that were actually made in the days following 9-11 the FBI interviewed the various people who had received a phone call from their relatives on the planes and their reports tell a different story One of the reports reads, starting at approximately 6.30 Pacific Standard Time, which is 9.30 New York time, Dina Burnett received a series from three to five cellular phone calls from her husband, Thomas Burnett. Burnett was able to determine her husband was using his own cellular phone because the caller ID showed his number. Only one of the calls did not show the caller ID as she was on the line with another call. According to the official documentation, Thomas Burnett made a total of three calls. One at 9.30, one at 9.37, and one at 9.44. This means that at least two of these calls, if not all three, were made from Burnett's cellular phone. At 9.30, the plane was flying at 32,000 feet and climbing. At 9.37, it had reached 36,000 feet and was still climbing. At 9.44, it had descended to 22,000 feet, while it accelerated until reaching a ground speed of almost 400 miles per hour. None of these calls seems to have been possible with a cell phone from that airplane. According to another report, United 93 passenger Jeremy Glick saw hijackers on the plane, used a cell phone and called Makeley, his stepmother, to report the hijacking. He then asked to talk to his wife, Lizbeth.
19: And, uh, and he was on the phone and he had told me um, that his plane had been hijacked.
9: According to the FBI, Click's wife, Lizbeth, could not hear any unusual sounds in the background of the call and the connection was extremely clear, as if he was calling from the next room. Cell phone communication was lost at 955 Glick placed the call at 9.37, which means the communication lasted uninterrupted for 18 minutes while the plane was flying between 39,000 and 10,000 feet at an average speed of almost 400 miles per hour. Only a miracle could have kept that connection open for all that time had the call truly been placed from the airplane in flight. Lauren Grancolas possessed a cellular phone and is believed to have allowed another passenger, Honor Weño, to use the cellular phone. Wayneo placed one call to her parents at 9.53 when the plane was at about 10,000 feet, traveling close to 400 miles per hour. Elsa Strong received a cell phone call from her sister, Lisa Gronlund, a passenger on United 93. Gronlund made the call to her sister at 9.46 when the plane was at 17,000 feet and traveling at almost 400 miles per hour. Marion Britton was also a passenger on United 93. Britain's live-in boyfriend received a cellular phone call from Britain during the hijacking. Britain told Fiomano, her boyfriend, that she had borrowed a cell phone from another passenger. Britain's call to Fiomano took place at 949, when United 93 was flying beyond 13,000 feet at a speed of 420 miles per hour. Peter Hansen, a passenger on United 175, contacted his mother on cell phone and said the flight had been hijacked. Peter's father, Lee, said that he resisted the temptation to call his son back because he didn't want to place him in more danger by having his cell phone ring on the plane. Peter Hansen called his parents twice, at 8.52 and at 9 a.m. At 8.52, the plane was at 30,000 feet and it was climbing. At nine o'clock, it was flying at over 18,000 feet in altitude, while it accelerated towards the record-breaking speed of almost 600 miles per hour near sea level. Brian Sweeney was also a passenger on United 175. After learning of the attacks, wrote the FBI, his wife, Julie Sweeney, returned home to find that her husband had left a message made from his cell phone aboard the plane on their answering machine. Sweeney made the call at 8.58 in between the two Hansen calls when the plane was still at 25,000 feet in altitude. While any one of these phone calls could have momentarily been connected by a set of fortunate coincidences, it should be obvious that all these cell phone calls as a whole could not have been made from the cruising airplanes. Question. Given the known limitations of the cellular phone system in 2001, can you provide any evidence that the cell phone calls made by the passengers reported by the FBI could have been made from the altitudes, at the speeds, and for the durations indicated for each of them? We do know, however, that the calls were made, as no one has ever doubted that the relatives actually received them. This opens the way to a disturbing possibility, which seems to support the in-flight swap hypothesis that the passengers were forced to call their relatives under duress, pretending to be on the airplane, while in fact they had already been landed in some unknown location. In support of this hypothesis, we have different elements. One is the conversation passenger Todd Beamer had with a GTA airphone operator, Lisa Jefferson, during the hijack of Flight 93. It is through Lisa Jefferson that the whole world learned about the famous call to action, let's roll.
2: When he told the guys, are you ready? I assume that they were waiting on his cue. Then they responded to him and he said, okay, let's roll.
9: The 9-11 Commission has established that the hijack took place at 9.28. Todd Beamer was connected to Lisa Jefferson at 9.43, some 15 minutes into the hijacking. The FBI report confirms that Jefferson received the call from Beamer at approximately 8.45 Central Time, which is 9.45 Eastern but the contents of the conversation are strikingly at odds with the official narrative. According to Jefferson, Beamer called to state that the plane was about to be hijacked. He stated that three individuals, two wielding knives, the third with a bomb strapped to his waist with a red belt, were preparing to take control of the flight. Jefferson estimated that she spoke to Beamer for seven minutes before the two hijackers armed with knives entered the cockpit. This places the hijacking at around 9.52, while officially it took place at 9.28. This is no small discrepancy. How could Beamer be describing events that are supposed to be happening in front of his eyes when, in fact, they had already happened half an hour before? How could the terrorists be preparing to take control of the flight at 9.45 when they had already been in the cockpit for more than 15 minutes? The FBI also wrote that Jefferson noted that the call had an unusually low amount of background noise, the same thing Liz Glick had noticed. Furthermore, the records show that Beamer's call lasted roughly one hour and that the line was left open after the crash. We didn't lose a connection, stated Jefferson, because there's a different sound that you use. I never lost a connection. It just went silent. Jefferson stayed on the phone, stated the FBI, until she learned Flight 93 had crashed. Question. Since airphones are powered by the same airplane's electrical system, how could the line have remained open for another 45 minutes after the plane had literally disintegrated to the ground in a thousand uh. pieces? All Wake these discrepancies seem to suggest that Beamer was not on the plane, observing real events unfolding, but was describing an imaginary, prescripted situation from a different location. In support of this hypothesis, we also have the dramatic message left by flight attendant C.C. Lyles in her husband's answering machine, before briefly talking to him on her cell phone. As she herself is suggesting, we should listen very carefully.
8: Tuesday, 9.47 a.m. Hi, baby. I'm baby, you have to listen to me carefully. I'm on a plane that's been hijacked. I'm on the plane. I'm calling from the plane. Wanna tell you I love you. Please She's tell my calm. children that.
9: We too can notice the absence of the typical background noise heard inside a plane. Um, I don't
8: know what to say. There's three guys in hijacked a plane. I'm trying to be calm.
9: We're- After saying goodbye, she seems to fumble with the headset while she whispers a few more words into the mouthpiece. I
8: hope to be able to see your face again, baby. I love you. Bye. End of message.
9: Even by playing the segment several times, it remains difficult to hear anything different from the words, it's a frame. In any case, the problem with the phone calls does not change. The cell phone calls confirmed by the FBI in their reports cannot have been made from the cruising airplanes. Someone has to explain where they came from. Uh,
1: yeah. And nobody did. And nobody has... Qualcomm and American Airlines today have successfully demonstrated in-cabin, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I'm trying to bring to your attention that um, we have amazing uh, advanced technology that uh, the public has just not absorbed, that we've got it and that we've been using it for a very long time. Um, so many people want to think things are conspiracy. They need to hear proof. You need to hear it from a top, uh, doctor and scientist. Her name is uh Dr. Judy Wood, and she is going to break it down for you. What kind of chemical, whatever, whatever however you, ever you want to describe the the reaction, chemical reaction that happened with those buildings. The, the demolition process using this elite technology was not a plane bumping into the buildings, it was this technology, and she's gonna explain how it was done.
4: One thing that does make a scientist is a bag of evidence. This is evidence, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. So where did the towers go? We assume where they went, but did anyone ever stop to think about that question? One thing about evidence is that it's there, it's truth. The evidence is always the truth. Assumptions are where you go get off track. So let's start. Once upon a time, there were two buildings two towers, and then they went away. Well, third tower and a fourth tower. This is all that was left. This is just that yellow corner of that building. And all that was left. To remind you what was there beforehand, and here's just that little corner is all that was left. This is the dawn of a new age. There exists some technology that can make a building of that size go away. It has the ability to direct energy in such a way to disrupt the molecular bonds. It's also uh, energy is directed as opposed to being kinetic energy. Kinetic energy like a wrecking ball or uh, a missile or something solid. We're going to go through the data and see that you can eliminate about every kind of uh, kinetic energy weapon. And we know this technology exists.
1: Explain it. To the
4: whole Doctor. world saw it even though they were told they saw something else. They saw what happened. Explain it. And this indeed is A technology that can be used for free energy. It doesn't need to be used for evil purposes.
1: Okay, so what it says on the uh, display is the dawn of a new age. Somebody has the ability to direct energy to disrupt the molecular bonds of matter. I'll say that again. Someone has the technology to direct energy to disrupt the molecular bonds of matter, to direct or control, meaning where it goes and what it does. This technology exists and we actually all saw it on the video when we looked at nine eleven, And what we saw was the free energy technology. They unveiled it.
4: Again, that's all that was left. Just
1: get to it, Doctor
4: Judy. Would someone see that dust trailing off of you? No. You need more dust. Okay, let's say you get a couple of armloads of flour and eject it out as you're falling. Can you impersonate this? No. No, that's opaque dust. It it originally initially blocked out all of the sunlight. 100% 100% of the sunlight, so it was pitch black. It's very dense dust. And you come to the realization that these pieces of material are becoming dust. They're frothing up into dust as they fall. And they didn't hit the ground. But if you didn't know that uh, these turned to dust, and you start out with an assumption, you wouldn't get to the right answer, because do you know of anything that can turn a building to dust in midair? Something turned it to dust in midair. So it's important to first determine what happened, then how it happened, and only then who did it or why they did it. But again, we're just gonna focus on what happened. The towers didn't slam to the ground. If they had slammed to the ground, there would be over a million tons of debris left stacked up in the ground. That didn't happen. Manhattan would have been flooded. Well, As we'll see, the towers were built in the Hudson River with a dike around them. If you slam a million tons of debris down onto the dike, you're going to break it. It didn't happen. And if you slammed a million tons of debris to the ground, it's going to make a thud. The seismic signals did not reflect that. those are the three biggest issues, but there's a whole lot of others as well, but we'll focus on those initially the lack of debris, the fact the bathtub wasn't damaged, and the low seismic recordings. there's all sorts of other things and toasty cars, of course, is one of the favorite things and Then in the second part, talk about other um, pieces of information, other data that shows more about what technology is involved. But remember, you first have to establish what happened. Lack of debris. Again, if over a million tons of debris slammed the ground, you'd see a pile of debris left over. All right, you go to work on a nice September morning. There's there's tower one, there's tower two, and you work down here in Bankers Trust. So you're gonna go into your office there in Bankers Trust, and then you're gonna look out the window and see what you can see. Down here, you look out the window. What's it gonna look like? That's looking out that window. Air conditioned office, looking across the street, and whoops, where did the building go? This is right after 9-11. Tower two is basically missing. Tower one is missing over there. This, I think everyone would have to agree there's not enough stuff left on the, piled up on the ground. So again, we were looking out there. Now we're gonna look the other direction. And there's this main body that was missing. Just the north wing is left. The building just went missing. That's building four, it was a nine-story building. So this is what was there beforehand and it just basically all went away. And a satellite image shows you know, all sorts of holes that were in those buildings. You know, the middle part of Building 6 is gone. It looks like a post hole digger corded out. You have holes over here in Liberty Street, even some holes in Vesey Street. And notice again that North Wing is remaining, but the main body's gone. And this is Bankers Trust where you're looking out the window seeing a non-building across the street. A few people talk about this building. It's a 22-story skyscraper. Well, it would be the tallest building in most small towns. It went away except for that last little corner. And Building 7 over here as well. Every building with the WTC prefix was destroyed that day. So we're going to look at this Now, a lot of people talk about hearing uh, the BBC announce early that Building 7 went away. Well, CNN did the same thing for one Liberty Plaza, but it's still there. They just get excited and want to be the first to report. And we're going to go down and look on the ground and see what it looks like down in here. Looking at the front door of Tower 1. So here we are down on the ground. There's Tower One, the north and south walls. The ambulance that was parked in front of the front door of Tower One. It doesn't look clobbered by anything. This picture, I believe, was taken on 9/11, later in the day. I don't see any big steel beams on the ground. This aluminum cladding, the towers were built with steel columns on the outside that were covered with aluminum cladding. And you see the aluminum cladding. The ambulance looks pretty good. This was the day after 9-11. Peter Jennings in the studio. Um, do we have sound? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Well, what Peter Jennings what the say is saying is, and uh, all George, all oh, you and have
13: you, have you been able to, and? Right,
4: again.
13: This is Stephanopoulos is uh, down in lower Manhattan today. George, I don't know if you heard a little earlier uh, me raise this question, which was asked, actually raised by ABC's Jackie Judd. As we look at these areas down below. And the video of where the towers used to stand and where is all the rubble gone. And have you have you been able to, an, is there any way you can answer that question? I'm sorry, Peter, I didn't get the question. Okay, I apologize. Jackie Judd and several other people continue, keep asking us, when you look at where the towers used to stand, there is surprisingly so little rubble. Where did all the rubble well, go?
11: It's a very good question, Peter, and I have asked some people who've been doing some of the rescue and recovery work this morning. If you look behind me, you can see the very remains, the skeletal remains of the World Trade Center. And one volunteer, Robert Gerlinski, explained to me the reason there's so little rubble is that all of it simply fell
4: down into the ground and was pulverized, evaporated. (laughs) This is vital information. I really feel for, for George Stephanopoulos. he's got this job telling the world what's going on there and that's the best he could do and we humans tend to keep asking questions until we're given an answer we don't stop to think if the answer makes sense so what he is telling us is that it's obvious there's a big lack of material there and here is an elevation map of what was left you see, building four went missing. The holes in building six. Here's a firefighter in stairwell uh, B. I heard
16: this very, very loud noise above me. Uh, it was just a, a tremendous roar. Right down
4: here while and, that picture was uh,
16: taken. It was above, and uh, it sounded like it was coming towards towards you, and. Uh, and then the wind, a very, very fierce wind, in my 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 started lifting me up off the ground. And so that's when I crouched down. All I the next thing I did, I just crouched down. I got to the corner of the staircase by the railing, and I just got as small as I could possibly get. No, I just because I'm not a big guy to begin with. So fortunately, I'm not. Uh so I got in a. And I literally, well, I guess the best way to describe it, I tried to crawl into my fire helmet. I, that's thats what I wanted to do, just to protect myself. And uh, I wasn't sure what was going on. I thought the building might be coming down, and I figured, uh, Hey, this could be it, you know, I mean, uh, and I was a little angry, I, I got, uh, I just, you know, so like, damn it, like, why me, why, you know, I'm beautiful, I'm going to die in the World Trade Center on a beautiful summer morning, I just, it's like a little denial and disbelief sets in, and uh, uh, so then I started getting hit with stuff, you know, it was just, debris was hitting me, and uh, I got, it went dark, and then the next thing was just total silence, nothing, a no wind, No noise, no light, nothing. And then I started hearing noises. I started hearing like moaning and guys were starting to communicate, yell out. These were the guys I was trapped with.
1: Oh my goodness. So here's Debbie Tavares. Listen, in order to deal with a problem, you have to be able to look at it and you have to know what you're dealing with. And I think that we can win, but we got to know what we're dealing with and If we're dealing with a media that refuses to tell us what we're dealing with then we've got to be responsible uh, stewards of the planet and parents and uh, caretakers that we will do what is required and we will face whatever it is so that we can make sure that we survive so here's Debbie Tavares and she's gonna give you the plan in advance, Uh, this was February, where she was talking about the plan to burn up Northern California. Here it goes.
12: I was not here for two and a half years. I used to be a regular attendee here. But um, Pacific Gas and Electric was intercepted with a download of documents professing the fact that they were going to be using directed energy weapons satellite based on Sonoma County. That has been up on YouTube. With a plan to burn up Northern California. We discovered that Pacific Gas and Electric is operated by and large by Rothschild. Rothschild owns Weather Central and also has a large hand in weather modification globally. And I'm so sad to be here today because I have family members that lost homes. And I live in a county that I call home that is being literally overrun by a power that has not yet been discussed. And I'm horrified and sad to be here right now. Very sad. But the plan to burn up Northern California was real. It was your first early one. And there were emails that were sent to other government officials that knew about this. And I would ask you please to watch the YouTube, listen to it, because the second plan of burning up Northern California hasn't yet happened, but it will, it will happen. So Pacific Gas and Electric is Rothschild. Everybody listening can type in PG&E followed by Rothschild. You can also type in Edison International in Southern California followed by Rothschild. You will in fact find out that Rothschild is behind all of the utilities nationwide. This is why our grid is not hardened up against an electric, an EMP, electromagnetic pulse. We are literally, here as a country and a a, um, society, and here in Northern California and elsewhere, at the hands of something larger than what we realize. And I was quiet for for two and a half years. That's why I haven't been here. But I'm here now, and I'm just telling you this. You had an early warning, but you didn't pay heed. It was too outrageous and too outlandish to believe that it was real, but it was.
20: Mr. Yeah. Okay, um, this is Jamie Lee. I'm here with Deborah Tavares, and we're at the 575 Administration Boulevard or Road, the uh, right. administration building that's holding a meeting today. And here's Deborah Tavares, who's been attending the meeting all morning. And we want to get a little bit of what she's seen. It's, it's been a pretty incredible morning. But before we start that, Deborah, once you hold up the newspaper from this morning of it press Democrat um, and open it up there, just unfold it. And what they're showing here is that they found archaeological uh, historical native Pomo um, artifacts in the, uh, I don't know if it's Coffee Park or Fountain Grove, but effectively this will become a historical site where they won't be allowed to rebuild based on uh, Native American uh, histor- history. And so this is another way they're going to keep people from uh, reoccupying oh, the land. Oh, in Glen Glen Ellen it is and we expect to see more of these fines come out so Deborah what what did you see today and uh, being there for the first three hours of this full-on meeting that includes a bunch of media, Board of Supervisors, FEMA, and who else right. is here?
12: Okay so I'm here today because we received an immediate advisory of this meeting held in Sonoma at the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors and it says they invite community members to attend to provide input to guide post-fire recovery efforts at a workshop on infrastructure today, Tuesday, February the 27th, 2018. And there will be other local, state, and federal officials will be taking part as well. So they talk about the topics that will be discussed to include and prepare for a resilient city. It's all about resiliency, fire safety, utility infrastructure, and strengthening and improving our community warning programs. So I want to go over some of the things that I heard in this meeting. It's very diabolical. All the perpetrators of this event are here. They're building up from a planned disaster by the use of directed energy weapons, which you can hear that interview in full by Googling, the plan to burn up Northern California. This is on your
20: site, stopthecrime.net.
12: Yes, and I am, of course, M. Deborah Tavares, and I do run the website, stopthecrime.net, where you can find that uh, plan to burn up Northern California as well. But the agenda here today, by the perpetrators here in Northern California, was to, again, discuss the community warning program, preparing for a more resilient county. Now, for many of you, I've reported on Resilient Cities. I would recommend that you go to the YouTube, Kill Cities by Rothschild and Rockefeller, to understand what resilient planning is all about in your town. This is happening here in Sonoma County, but it's an extension of UN Agenda 21 policies and all the policies in your cities to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And they're talking about fire safety, utility infrastructure, impact on fire infrastructure, and a discussion. Now, I was able to speak for two and a half minutes in the first session today. Oh, t- <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, much, I did that.
1: I'm so sorry, people. Trying to multitask. Here we go.
20: Yeah, do once you hold up the newspaper from this morning on the press Democrat um, and open it up there, just unfold it. And what they're showing here is that they found archeological, historical native Pomo um, artifacts in the, uh, I don't know if it's Coffee Park or Fountain Grove, but if Board of Supervisors, FEMA, who else is here?
12: Okay, so I'm here today because we received an immediate advisory of this meeting held at the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors. And it says they invite community members to attend to provide input to guide post-fire recovery efforts at a workshop on infrastructure today, Tuesday, February the 27th, 2018. And there will be other local, state, and federal officials will be taking part as well. So they talk about the topics that will be discussed to include and prepare for a resilient city. It's all about resiliency, fire safety, utility infrastructure, and strengthening and improving our community warning programs. So I want to go over some of the things that I heard in this meeting. It's very diabolical. All the perpetrators of this event are here. They're building up from a planned disaster by the use of directed energy weapons, which you can hear that interview in full by Googling, the plan to burn up Northern California. This is on your
20: site, stopthecrime.net.
12: Yes, and I am, of course, M. Deborah Tavares, and I do run the website stopthecrime.net where you can find that uh, plan to burn up Northern California as well. But the agenda here today by the perpetrators here in Northern California was to, again, discuss the community warning program, preparing for a more resilient county. Now for many of you, I've reported on Resilient Cities. I would recommend that you go to the YouTube, Kill Cities by Rothschild and Rockefeller to understand what resilient planning is all about in your town. This is happening here in Sonoma County, but it's an extension of UN Agenda 21 policies and all the policies in your cities to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And they're talking about fire safety, utility infrastructure, impact on fire infrastructure and a discussion. Now, I was able to speak for two and a half minutes in the first session today, and I told them their first early warning sign was from the emails that Pacific Gas Electric and PG&E sent three years ago, and that it had been out on the internet, and they didn't uh, attend to this. There was no attention paid to this. It was too outlandish. To have pg and and Pacific Gas and Electric talk about the use of satellite lasers on Northern California, specifically they said Sebastopol, which is of course in Northern California. But there is a second plan uh, on that discussion, the plan to burn up Northern California too, and I advise them that that has not yet happened, but it will. So I would urge everybody to listen to the entire a two-hour presentation it covers two radio shows on the jeffrens radio network of which i w- oh yeah okay which they said they need them because of fires and earthquakes mm-hmm. find out i don't want to skip any any of us get these cameras will show them in real time they say that the uh, first responders will know in real time where to go and they were talking about um how uh there has been no training in the social science of disasters. And one city council member said that uh, we we need to have a monthly training session with all the public here, much like they had in San Francisco years ago, with a drop, tuck, and cover. So they want to have a um, neighborhood uh, watch. They want to have a neighborhood education where people are training on a monthly basis for uh, the doom of the weaponized weather assaults on all of us, which which
20: can also be used as to see something, say something, turn around on us and spying on each yeah, other. Yeah, in
12: fact, that is exactly what they're saying, Jamie. They're
1: saying that so see something, say something, is about turning us into you know the house slaves that report each other.
12: Got to go from top down into our neighborhoods, and that in Oakland they conscripted about twenty thousand people to report from the ground after all of the major events that Oakland went through. Uh, There has been FEMA here this morning. Uh, There has been, uh, and the next session, which is coming, uh, going to start here shortly, is going to be all about uh, making Sonoma County resilient. So again, I asked all of you to type in the time to watch and listen, because this is headed to you. And this is as a result of a weaponized weather assault. And that is now the new norm, increased weaponized weather assaults. We have been told that fire season in California will no longer be just a fire season as it had been in the past. It will be- All right.
1: I feel like this is normal and I'm going to stop here and restart. Okay, we're checking in with Deborah Tavares about California
12: weather assault. And that is now the new norm, increased weaponized weather assaults. We have been told that fire season in California will no longer be just a fire season as it had been in the past. It will be all year long. And uh, we know certainly with the plan to burn up Northern California, they're doing that with killing the trees with all the toxins from the chemtrail and the drought that they keep us perpetually in and we're in a drought again right now
20: greatest drought in the history of california last year was the greatest rains and snow followed previously by the greatest droughts and this last summer was record temperatures and then we got torched out so we're we're under attack here can you deborah pg and e is pacific gas electric our local uh, electrical power supply can you speak and talk to me what you talked about last night with me about the documentation on our homeowner's uh, the bills with PG&E about uh, the EMF frequencies?
12: Yes, actually um, I will be putting that up on StopTheCrime.net, but the bill inserts in our monthly billing with Pacific Gas and Electric and also uh, Southern California Edison. Any of you listening right now can just uh, type in and look at your uh, bill inserts online about the explanation of uh, EMF, electromagnetic frequencies. They describe electromagnetic frequencies as something that is common to our use of electricity and appliances, etc. cetera. They are saying that uh, the health deficits of electromagnetic frequencies is inconclusive by international, national, and California standards. While they say there's no known health effects or or problems from the uh, electromagnetic frequencies, they then negate what they say by saying, but it is inconclusive. And consensus requires that they continue to review the subject. So what is happening in our bills is the admission from our electric companies and gas companies that they are... Um, saying that it in fact does cause health damage so and they're not
20: sure as to what effect it's caused by or how much it's causing so they must put the disclaimer in the documentation we get mailed every month correct
12: and they do and what they say is that if we're concerned about the amount of frequencies that we're receiving if we have sensitivity many people are emf electric um, uh, sensitives they say that you can reduce your own frequencies in your homes by um, turning off your appliances, not using an electric razor, not using a hair blower, um, not using your flat screen television set, uh, your cell phone, etc. Turning off your Wi-Fi, moving it
20: away from your head, I think? Yes, moving it away from your
12: head. In other words, they're making it our responsibility to reduce the increased frequencies that they're killing us with.
20: And they've warned us so legally, like all the rest of the drug companies with all the syndromes, they they say they've warned us, so it's caveat emperor, it's our responsibility to to take charge of our own lives and what's happening to us.
12: That's absolutely correct. So um, we will have this up on stopthecrime.net. It will be um, up at the top of the homepage so that those of you who have not received this in your billing, you can see what they're saying to us in our bills. It's diabolical. This is and, and there's
20: other meetings like the 5g going in here as we've chronicled before there's four meetings going on because there was a newspaper article about people protesting putting in the 5g and now they're hosting four meetings as well these are happening one on top of the other very 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 quickly as people are not allowed to move back in their homes yet and there's benzene in the soil so some of the escrows are being canceled as Uh, potential buyers and vulture uh, capitalists are moving in. Well,
12: Jamie, what is also very um, horrific is that at a water meeting that we attended just last week, they said that because of the 324 homes in a specific area in Fountain Grove, which is just above the Hilton Hotel that burned here uh, in October of 2017 during the U.S.'s history most costly fire, and we're still with body counts now. We still don't know how many people were killed and or murdered as a result of this fire but what they're saying about these 224 homes which there were only a few homes left standing the water started to taste bad and smell bad. so those few occupants that were still able to live in homes that were there reported it Uh, the county has had lab tests they found benzene in the water they started taking uh, water bottles up to these people. And of course that doesn't minimize their showers, their sinks, their uh, laundry. They were also told not to water their landscaping because the benzene, which is of course cancer causing and other kinds of ailments before you die of cancer, um, they said don't water your plants because it will seep down into the groundwater table. So there's still people living up in Fountain Grove, which we now call Fountain Grave, huh? uh, drinking and being exposed to benzene. But what they also said at this uh, meeting was that the city would issue building permits for rebuilds in that specific benzene contaminated area. But they would not be issuing um, occupancy permits because uh, the benzene and the infrastructure of the water system would have to be replaced. And they're still working at getting to the bottom of this contamination, which they claim they don't understand what the bottom of the contamination is. Just like they're saying they don't know what the reality of these fires are, and they still haven't weighed in on that.
20: Four months later, they still cannot tell us officially with all their experts and forensics, fire forensics, and uh, captain uh, or chief, Uh, Ken Pimlott of CAL FIRE, I called him out directly. Shame on him for not being able to even give us an idea of how over 60 fires started in the middle of the night and started out of nowhere when no storms were forecast. So I wanted to kind of finish this on a positive note. I went to a wonderful meeting that you put together last week, a health symposium, Deborah, and it was so wonderful to see the activist combined with health practitioners. We had holistic people, that we had uh, crystal people, we had holistic uh, herbal medicines, we had a salad masters, a wonderful gal doing cooking classes, which uh, we're gonna do ourselves on using uh, non-toxic cookware, which I didn't know anything about. and. That was very educational, but it was a wonderful way to bring communities together. And you know, we talk a lot about dark and doom and gloom, but there are solutions of what we can do. And I saw that last week and got very encouraged and very empowered to see. We talked about activism and what was going on, but we had a solution based of how you can use zeolite, you can use thermaline you can use shungite. I just went down after the talk and got some some shungite for my son and And for myself and and crystals crystals for energy healing as well.
12: And preventing the assaults of electromagnetic frequencies on our homes and to our bodies. Crystals are extremely important. We'll be talking more about that as we move through more solutions uh, coming soon and specifically telling all of you where you can get crystals because we've made contact with an international exporter of crystals who has um, opportunity to go into South America to the crystal mines and he's extremely well known and he's boxing up crystals and telling people how to position them in their homes and around their property which does reduce the uh, psychotronic weapon assaults uh, onto our properties. He explained how crystals were our advantage in World War II as quartz in um, Radios. radios yeah. And that was very, very interesting. And of course, many people uh, are unaware of the importance of crystals. So, we really want to underscore the importance of crystals as we find our environment being uh, further layered with frequencies that are happening. What we're also noticing is that the Verizon assault with putting in these additional frequencies throughout our communities is happening throughout the county. In fact, you will find that generally these types of um, agendas start going through the country We first discovered the deployment of the smart meters. It was not just here in Northern California or Southern California. We just happened to notice it when it was already 75% deployed upon us with smart meters. So what you need to do is you need to look and find out what your city is doing with engaging um, your utility companies or your wireless companies to deploy streetlights, to deploy additional um, additives to all of your existing infrastructure to prevent dropped cell calls, that's how they'll promote this. And
20: faster downloads of your videos, blah, blah, blah. Yes, and of
12: course, the frequencies are what is going to absolutely destroy our cellular um, makeup and cause massive genocide. We also have on StopTheCrime.net a a new document, it's entitled um, Population Engineering, and um, and uh, climate action. It's at the top of the website. I would recommend that you all download this and understand how the psyops is being played out. But as Jamie pointed out, it's important to link together with uh, solutions, and that's what we're trying to do here in between reporting during these horrific meetings that we attend. So really want to encourage everyone that's listening right now, we have to engage. We must engage. We can no longer sit quiet, and we need to go forward with the love and hope for humanity, because that's where it is right now. We need to do all we can in creating awareness. That is our legacy. That is what we are here now for and what we are here now to do. So thank you so very much for uh, listening and pass this information along far and wide. More importantly, I will leave you with this. We have primary water. We do not have a water shortage. This is the psyops now being played out in Cape Town in South Africa. They've just extended the zero day that they keep talking about no more water. We discovered the psyops being played here in uh, Northern California in a town called Mountain House. Mountain House, about four years ago, was being shown throughout the United States as running out of water in 10 days. When our research team called some realtors in Mountain House, we discovered that they did not even know that their town was being used as a psyops. So, as we looked into it, we found that Mountain House was purchased by Sun Trust in the mid 90s. We researched Sun Trust, which was Rothschild. Mountain House was built as a UN Agenda 21 smart city, fully self contained. It runs by CCNRs, it has a very peculiar city setup. And the financing for buying homes is through the USDA. And uh, this was just really literally a town set up to, um, to create a psyops on limited water resources. They got busted. So you need to understand, we don't have a water shortage. When you hear water shortages being discussed, you need to go out and get the information out about the right, So give water. me the
20: elevator pitch on primary water. We did drill down 300 feet and we got all the water we want? Is that?
12: Well, no, actually, uh, it surfaces. Primary water d- um, explained is a YouTube. Again, primary water ex- explained. We'll tell you about the depths of water. It always surfaces. It's the process of hydrogen and oxygen. When that merges together that creates vapor it must surface as a water form and it does here uh, in california and where you live as well in hot and cold springs also geysers that spray up out of the ground endlessly where oases appear in deserts sometimes where it very seldom if ever rains also at the very top of these uh, volcanic mountain peaks in hawaii where you see these beautiful cascading waterfalls continuing to flow endlessly this is primary water and they blew up the primary water, uh, amazing, eighth wonder of the world, called the Great Man-Made River Project that Muammar Haddafi created for his people in Libya. That was blown off the map. You can type in the Great Man-Made Water Project and you can watch it being built in Libya. It was an amazing feat. And the Libyan people were given 75% of their water for free. Now keep in mind, this is pure, clean drinking water. We've only been taught about the secondary water cycle, which is rain and snow melt. Rain and snow melt is actually the process of the evaporation of primary water. So all of you need to know, we are floating on water. We are the water planet. And oftentimes we don't need to access it deeply, and sometimes we do. So again, primary water explained is a good illustration on how how you access
20: water So creating these false scarcities we can make a scare city and we can control prices just like we do with the oil now switching to batteries when we've had free energy for over 100 years with Tesla and what I understand with the attacks on Libya Gaddafi there's a wonderful uh, more of our Gaddafi's manifesto he had those people living in pleasure. They had free water, they had homes, free education, education, and it was a model for the future, and that's why they
12: took him out. And he was just getting ready to back the dinar with gold. He wanted out of the Rothschild network.
20: Just like Lincoln was going to back the greenback and Kennedy was going to switch to the dollar, they will not allow that to happen. And to segue into Bitcoin, they're allowing that to happen, so they want it to happen. It's not this rogue bunch of guys putting it out. They're going to a cryptocurrency. And getting rid of the dollar bills and then it soon we'll have tattoos with our old data's on us and the rest of this and, and the next segment we're going to get into wetware
12: <laughs> yes and i would urge all of you to go to primarywater.org share this site far and wide our children are getting very depressed and i just was hearing this morning on the radio jamie that they want 12 year olds now to take a survey because they're seeing depression in children and they want to start um, medicating them. No, they want to cut their junk off first. Then go to seek psychiatric intervention. And of course, why not? Our children are being taught that there's just too many people using too much stuff. And that's not true. And we need to do all we can to raise our children up with the idea that the scarcity is not real. It's an entire psyops building new markets up on top of false scientific realities. So we can do anything that's positive. It's to share the good news of water. Plentiful, pure, clean, fresh drinking water. So we're going to be going back into this meeting shortly. We'll have more to share as we roll into the afternoon here in what's left of Northern California. Now that was excellent, but here's another one that's even wilder
10: expose. Your focus, your memory, your sleep, a catalyst to improve your brain chemistry. Dr. Bill's Cognition Plus is truly the smarter-in-an-hour pill. A combination of amino acids, trace minerals, and B vitamins, Cognition Plus is made with specialized herbal extract.
3: What? Dot com today. (laughs) Ha!
1: Get into it.
7: And this is, if you actually read this, this reads out of a B-movie that's so horrendous, it's hard to conceive that these people actually want to do this stuff. But let's get into the details of what they're up to and why the fires are not just accidentally, say, homeless people running fires or power lines whacking together with the Santa Ana winds. There's a lot more to this, isn't there?
8: well absolutely dr bill and thank you so much for having me on your program today um, i do want to get into the fires but before i do i want to uh, let everyone know that there was a quietly released cell phone warning through the california department of public health uh, in december of uh, 2017. so just a number of weeks back this uh, warning came out now it's important to understand that uh, the California Public Health Department kept this for years. And they released a draft release document outlining of the concerns of cell phone radiation and exposure. And of course, we have known, and you've said it many times yourself, Dr. Bill, that cell phone frequencies have become and are now brain addictive. And because of an addiction, now that has been created, the dopamine effects in our brain We're now faced with these addictions and we're being, now we're being warned by the California Public Health Department to limit our use. And we've got to keep in mind that the Departments of Health are behind fluoridation in all communities. They're behind required vaccinations and the department actually acknowledges climate change or global warming as as being caused by too many people using too much stuff and as i like to say dr bill when they say too many people using too much stuff that's genocide that's genocide and of course um uh, they're ignoring the reality which is uh the global corporate weather control system that are artificially creating the climate change causing diseases and ill health and of course all of these um Things that are put up on the country and the world it's all the people's fault. There's just too many people using too much stuff.
1: But keep in mind that um this Okay, stuff. so what I wanted to do in playing that is to show Patriots that what we're talking about most of the time with the government stuff, it's important. But the average person who doesn't even follow truth or stuff, you better wake it the hell up. Especially if you live in certain areas, California, y'all need to wake it up. This is immediate. This isn't like, oh, I'm just going to worry about my auditions and I'm just going to do this. When do you think you're going to stop these people with this? This is now. This is right now. I just don't know how to get this through your heads. And she has been working as a... Let's go to this woman. Something about Agenda
19: 21. And I thought, oh, I've got to to contact this person. And uh, she didn't have anything to say. She just said, hey, here's a magazine. or uh, It was a sentinel, actually. I
1: actually covered this already, but I'm going to just try to get down to the nitty-gritty.
19: In college, a book called Night by Ellie Weissel. It's an amazing book. Um, Well, first of all, John... John uh, Perkins, when he talks about um, the book The Economic Hitman, it really makes it clear about these kinds of international, how we go internationally, everybody does, all these these companies, the multinationals and the NGOs, and he really talks about how it's all part of a bigger picture and uh, all the big players from a very big political and a geopolitical and and a financial perspective. And I, uh, wow, I just didn't, yeah, that was, that's, that's been an amazing read and um, didn't really know what to do with that information, but I've sort of had my eyes on it and you can get to familiar with the, the companies that he. I
1: want to stay focused on the fire. What they want to do, truth is also be aware of this, is the way that Google works is they want to just pummel you with bad news to depress you or that. You know, you feel that it's just insurmountable. It doesn't have to be that way. You can focus on one thing at a time and decide to take action on it. And then you are empowered. And don't don't take too much into your mind at one time. I came at this to just look at the fires. And sometimes when people do videos, I wish they would just talk about exactly what they're talking about. I've covered the fires already. If you look in my radio show history, you will see that I've already covered this, just totally covered it. But I'm just going to just try to find the one little sound bite and then we're done.
19: Look at that and find those very quickly. I've got plenty of YouTubes to talk to you about.
1: Let's just get right is to
19: everything, you. everywhere. Just the streets are pristine. This you drive down, there's just ash. Hurricane force winds would blow so many things over. The only thing I've ever seen overturned in this in this is is, is cars. And they have holes in them. You know, I mean, no. No. <laughs> That doesn't add up. Cars aren't supposed to. Work. How about a few trees? How about a few garbage cans? There's pictures of houses that are ash, and the garbage can is right next, just right next to it, a few feet away, and it's standing there. And this is right after the fire. We have a, a fountain thing, a little thingy in the front, and it's not big, but, I mean, why wasn't that knocked over? I had tomato plants. The planters weren't even knocked over in my backyard. Come on. They're, everything is fried. You've got hurricane-force winds, and you're trying to tell me everything in my yard is right where I left it? I can't believe this. You know, this is just not a believable story. So not that the winds weren't there, but when they were there, I don't know what, what they were doing, but they sure were not propagating the fire the way that, that it's that it's being told, in, in my opinion. So, number one, DEWs. This is patented Technology, Lockheed Martin, and maybe others. I'm not sure about all of the manufacturers. Uh, Remsfeld and Petraeus are on record in a video saying that they have this technology, and they were testing it. This is back in, I think, 2003. Um, and they hope not to use it. And they go on saying things like, but there may be a need that we can't foresee and that kind of thing. Um, so these are, this is a chilling video. Um, and then another thing that's very chilling is the, ch- the, the video of the Kmart building here in town. Concrete jungle and ash, hundred 100,000-square-foot building, burned down in one hour, everything in it. I'm not a forensics expert, but that doesn't add up. Where in the world did this fire come from? You just cannot convince me that embers flew over and took down a 100,000 square feet. I'll never believe that. That's just improbable as heck. And if somebody can disprove that, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that. So um, uh, I, I just have ha- had all these these he uh, like the like I believe we had the night of the fires. There were talks about these these fires, the power going out before the fires were reported. So they weren't created by the fires. So what took them out? What took the power out? If that's true. Now I'm not a I don't have the records for that. That's what I've heard. So we can check that out. But. That's another question to answer. And um, by the way, the exact same video footage of the LA fires is going, in, in, when you look at these LA fires, it's the same footprint. You just, yeah, you just, it's, it's staggering. Uh, there are no words to describe this. This is like a war zone. And it looks nothing like something burnt. It looks like something completely incinerated. It looks like a graveyard. And uh, so there's this uh, uh, website I want to direct people to. It's called aplaintruth.info. Excellent resources for um, um, some of these um, uh, ideas here that uh, uh, he just does a very good job, I think. And uh, number two is why would our government do this to us? Okay, if you're you know if you're wondering, gee, is, okay, you're blowing yourselves up and you know you're damaging the you know the. The environment, etc. Why would people do this? Well, I uh, I would recommend people see Deborah's video on USA Inc. Um, and I'm not going to attempt to put it in her words. She can do a much better job. And ec- and then it became hard treaty. But uh, and you make economic activity and that we can be collateralized. So page two goes. And you could go on and find more. I'm just giving you a brief. You know, if you read, you just kind of go, wow, there it is. I can give you those, and you can follow up on it. Um, Page 2 and 3 go on to say that combating poverty is the main problem for the environment. Poverty and environmental, this is their quote, poverty and environmental degradation are closely interrelated. Global environmental deterioration is an unsustainable pattern of consumption and production, particularly in the industrialized countries. Which aggravates poverty too many and imbalances. Using too much stuff. So, in order to reach environmental sustainability, this is now that's the end of the quote. So, in order to reach environmental sustainability, poverty has to go, and that means humans, especially in the developed countries, that quote aggravate poverty and imbalances. Wow, that's a pretty huge statement. So, that, several people? sources, such as the Georgia Guidestones, has as its number one tenet maintain humanity under a half a billion people in perpetual balance with nature. So we are subject to nature, how they determine whatever that is. If they, if we th- if they think we're harming nature, we got to go. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, and, and, and not to mention the number. I mean, how are you going to get rid of six and a half billion people? Hmm. <laughs> I'm starting to understand how. I'm, it's just, really, this is like, and for all of you who've had, been up to speed with this for a while, I got to tell you, it, oh, man, this is, this is, this will keep you up at night. this is not a fun thing to study i wish i could go back in time i'm so grieving for the day when i kind of thought the world was a lot friendlier and that things were much further out a few generations or maybe this was just a bad Somebody wearing, you know, uh, promoting a lot of, of ideas that, that, that weren't well-founded, but if you carried them out, perhaps. No, I'm getting it. These are not just well-founded. These are being very, very clearly and forcefully exacted. Pardon me? It's an action plan. It is an action plan, and they make it very clear. And they are executing to it brilliantly, and I'm, I need to get up to speed. So that's, uh, man, this is, this is not easy. Whew, so um, let's see. Um I believe Santa Rosa is a test case in part because we have an active resistance here but also because they have the smart train now thanks to the fire they may have a ready to implement walkable sustainable community in Coffee Park which people like Shirley Zane continue to insist that they will push through. And that's, you can read her quotes in the Press Democrat and on and on. I brought some of them too if you want to talk about. As for Fountain Grove, this this allows A21 communities to cover both sides of the freeway. Not that I understand, I'm just guessing at this point. And it made it a handy excuse that the fires burn in the exact same footprint as the Hanley Fire in 1964. Um, and it created absolute financial havoc on as many people as possible in the community. Also, if the government is using geoengineered suicide or genocide, then, <laughs> suicide, could they? <laughs> Please. No, I'm sorry. I don't mean that. I don't. I truly don't. I don't want anyone to die. I truly want people to come to Christ, understand the truth, and to know the value of human life, and to be deeply, deeply repentant, because these are evil times. And this is so serious. It's just so horribly difficult and sometimes i have to make light of it to get through it because what we're talking about here is not small uh so uh anyway uh, if the government is using geoengineered genocide then they got to test it on on us we're we're a test case i believe with the dews of this magnitude and then they went south so that's my theory, all right. Insurance, my agent said that foundations have not historically been insured as separate items as they don't usually burn. However, most of all, most, if not all of these and the LA fires have burned to the foundations. So who's gonna cover this? This is an additional expense. My insurance broker said that all of the California uh, t- taxpayers, or I'm not taxpayers, insurance payers will have rates increasing to pay for these losses and some will not be able to afford insurance. Also, agents are being sued now with people saying that they should have had them insured if they were already in a fire hazard area. So there's more costs ahead. And who was really responsible? And then did the, it's, it's the, the passing of the buck. Well, the city approved it, but you didn't. Did we, we didn't insure. Well, you said it was, and we can't account for it, so now we're all in it together. and You know what I'm saying. Yeah. All right, so that's how that went. And... Um, I have to say that that was tricky because that was interesting because for me, when I walk around and I do a lot of I, I, I sometimes have, have looked at some of these places, not 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 so much, but just anyway, and it doesn't matter. My point is, when I've looked at these areas, um,
4: the low pressure system is moving in from the Atlantic. And guess where they met and when? 10 a.m. on the morning of 9-11. They were superimposed at that area. So you have two counter-rotating systems, seriously. And interesting uh, drop with the, the uh, humidity. But let's look at this magnetometer information. This is the Earth's magnetic field from the ground, not from the satellite, but from the ground in Alaska. There's six different measurements. Each of the events on 9-11 are with a vertical bar. The first one is, WTC1 getting an airplane-shaped hole, and WTC2. And then WTC2 goes poof, WTC1 goes poof, and then later Building 7 goes poof. When I say goes poof; they didn't collapse. They turned to dust. So it's interesting. It's pretty much a steady state, and something different happens here. There was a solar storm approaching, but it didn't get to that point until a day later. So there's something else going on here. A closer look: about 20 minutes before WTC1 got its hole, that's the north tower. They started wandering off of their average value, and as soon as WTC1 got its hole, it reverses direction. As soon as WTC2 gets its hole, it goes horizontally. It's like one reversed the other one. Maybe coincidence. And then uh, when WTC. Two goes poof. They start going downhill, but when WTC one goes away, it really drops off the cliff, and then things are all haywire all afternoon until WTC seven meets its demise. The Earth's magnetic field, as recorded at six different stations. Again, here's where they start wandering down. There's actually three different measurements for when the North Tower got its hole. The 9-11 Commission Report, the Palisades seismographic station, and the NIST report. I can tell you which one's right. Based on where the turnaround happens. And see how these go horizontally after Building 2 gets its hole. These are the, the six different recording stations. It's just you know a curious uh, set of data. Now we're gonna get into the proof of concept. I can't say for sure how, the, what technology was used, but I can show you something that reproduces all of the same phenomena. Seen this guy, Nikola Tesla. He can generate all of these various um, pieces of evidence, all these different phenomena. So can John Hutchison. When he tried to replicate the work of Nikola Tesla,
1: he discovered all these characteristics. Let me read them to you. Jellification, bent beams, slow bending of metals, shredded metal structures, fractured metal structures, peeling appearance, fusion of dissimilar metals, thinning and rapid aging, lift or disruption, toasted looking metal, circular holes in metal, reduced mass of material. And that's what we saw. Rounded holes in glass, lather, fuming, crumbling, transmutation, weird fires, melting without heat, metal luminance without heat. EVO2 strikes abounding in sample. Propulsion both slow and impulsive. This is table 15 characteristics of the Hutchinson effect and the W World Trade Center remains. And all of those characteristics were found at the World Trade
4: Center site. Let's notice this metal luminescence without heat. hot things glow, but not everything. And
1: who stole Tesla's information? We'll talk about that later.
4: It glows is hot. George Piggy got a patent just about 100 years ago, a little over 100 years ago, levitation. He's got a static field and he's doing some other things with putting in some kind of energy and he's got these static balls, I mean, these steel balls levitating. I think they're actually silver. And Thomas Townsend Brown also looked into the same area about using electricity And then Ed Leedskownen, who built Coral Castle. Here's John Hutchison, standing in front of the Great Pyramid. There's a person down here in the background. You can see they're almost two blocks tall. Well, that's about the same height as this doorway of Coral Castle. So they're about the same size blocks. They're 15 tons each. So uh, this guy built his castle by himself. We
1: don't know how this one was built. We can only guess. Oh, so she's saying somebody built using, I guess, similar technology to how the pyramids were built. You know how they're always like, we don't know how the pyramids were built. This guy built something. Well, let's look at how John Hutchinson is more of
4: work here is an iron block. It's two inches by two inches by seven inches tall, solid iron block. And when he puts it in his system, it buckles over and you can see some fuming here. It actually is colder to the touch at the end of this. And here we get to see it happen and we're gonna compare it to the fuming door handles from 911.
1: Isn't this similar to microwave technology?
4: Do you see how this beam curled up? Actually, that was right across the street. That was in Bankers Trust. These are John Hutchison's samples. Notice there's no creases in the corners. I I should have found the picture of holding this one like this vitamins? BTC6 with these cylindrical holes in it. Well, here's John Hutchison's aluminum sample with cylindrical holes in it. It's as though there's a, a pencil line in space around which material at the same radius is dustified. And if you had a lot of those vertically here, you would end up with dustified cylindrical columns. But there's no way you can get a, a drill in there and turn it sideways, it's parallel to the surface and it just starts right here. Get me the equal amounts of zinc and copper there. So, uh, okay, if it's heat, with zinc having a much lower, it boils, it, it melts at 419 or 420, or copper melts at a much higher temperature. Zinc boils before copper even melts. So, we don't have less copper because of heat. Because the zinc would be the first to go. What's going on here?
7: At Texas A&M, a group led by Professor John Bacris, who is widely regarded as one of the world's greatest electrochemists, reported finding the hydrogen isotope tritium, a key signature that some unusual nuclear reaction,
13: what's going on? The first thing was this, this, this uh, thing called tritium, which is a, uh, a, a sub-form of hydrogen, which should not exist uh, except in extremely tiny quantities. We found that by working these uh, cells of Fleischmann and Pons containing lithium hydroxide and deuterium oxide, that we could produce this tritium in great abundance. Let's say at uh, 10,000 times more, it ought to be there, as it were. And um, let, me, let me stress that we couldn't do it every time, but about one result in five, one result in four, and eventually we worked up to two results out of three, um, we could produce tritium. That was the first thing, and, and in a way it was the first clear proof of the phenomenon.
3: And, uh, but the most important and unbelievable phenomenon at that time was the observation of tritium.
7: Back at Texas A&M, group found themselves under attack. Science magazine writer Gary Tobbs wrote a stinging article that insinuated that someone in the group had spiked the samples with tritium. Although unfounded and eventually proved untrue,
13: the allegation effectively dampened Bokris' remarkable claims. But I think the main part was that I had done work which was against the paradigm, that was what they were really upset about people have laughed at him and said, what the heck are you doing, trying to disprove the laws of nuclear physics? And of course, that's exactly what we were doing, <laughs> and succeeding. <usually. laughs>
0: the tritium work was the first...
1: <clears throat> that was my point that I made earlier, is that when you go with the truth and you're not defending uh, a point of view or a certain person or a tradition, then you, you, you can... You, you win something and it, I'm not talking about, I'm saying then the people have something when they go with the truth instead of just looking at a person's uh, reputation or comparing it unto common beliefs or traditions or what has been known prior to whatever is being presented. There's a whole lot of stuff that is about to be unsealed, stole that from Zublik, anyway, but there's a whole lot of stuff that's going to be unsealed and it's going to rock our foundation of our beliefs. Remember that we are leaving the age of Pisces, which credo of Pisces was to believe. That means based on programming, based on prior knowledge based on what is the common held belief, based on what others believe. And now we are entering the age of Aquarius, which is to know. We're going to know why. We're going to have the facts to back it up. And I, I don't believe when people say, oh, you can prove it this way, you can prove it that way. No, 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 no. I don't think it works that way
0: to me that that there was a reality. And then uh, Clayder at Los Alamos also got positive results, and so did uh, Howard Menlove. So it
1: takes that many people willing to test what somebody who thinks differently is saying, for everybody to try it for themselves to get the wake-up and the aha moment. And it's just like this truth-information that people are scared of, or they doubt it, or they can't deal with it, or whatever, whatever. It's when somebody gets the curiosity and they have the heart for humanity and for their own survival to say, what's going on? Maybe I need to look deeper at this. Maybe I need to investigate. Don't tell anybody. Go in your room. Go in your prayer closet. Bring your, your laptop. Look up these things, and and don't just listen to... Uh, conservatives or liberals or who get a cross cut of people look at the whole picture and the truth the truth is usually blaringly obvious you'll know it when you hear it
0: there are people that I respect and, and could talk to personally it became fairly clear that there was a, a very strange phenomena occurring here mm-hmm.
14: there are also in similar experiments sometimes, and rather dissimilar experiments sometimes, evidence of an anomalous nuclear process.
7: However, it is conceivable that there may be a process even more powerful than nuclear reaction that physics does not yet understand. That is the mystery of cold fusion. Yet as early as 1992, cold fusion experimenters began reporting unusual appearances of trace amounts of different metals, such as copper, silver, chromium, and zinc, when examining their spent cells. Rechecking for possible contamination, scientists like Bakras and Miley confirmed that indeed new metals and isotopes were being formed, transmuted, during the process which
13: produces excess heat. Kevin Wolf made many measurements of tritium. Then he got some even more astonishing results as early as 92, which were these transmutational results, the, the metal forming another metal inside the electrode, you see, which was super, super anti-paradigm. Um, you know, there's that dreadful word alchemy, which we mustn't use, but it, it was a form of that in a way that it was creating new metals, you see. You see, transmutation phenomena. We see helium-4 production. We see a
15: range of methods of getting the excess heat. The writing is on the wall.
10: The fossil fuel age is about to end. The sword of this panel's condemnation struck with speed and brutality, ignoring the facts in a blind rush to judgment.
16: Hot uh, fusion physics people have uh,
10: been very vigorous in their denunciation of this being called fusion. Right away, reports came in of excess heat much too large to be from any chemical reaction. Laboratories from Texas to India confirmed the presence of tritium, a vital determining feature of a nuclear reaction. Within two or three weeks, we got the first results, and several groups started saying, yes,
3: we are seeing excess heat, and, uh, but the most important and unbelievable phenomenon at that time was the observation of tritium.
11: This was a discovery, perhaps as significant as the Wright brothers' first flight at Kitty
12: Hawk.
14: There are also, in similar experiments, evidence of an
10: anomalous nuclear process. In the free-for-all that followed the cold fusion announcement, hot fusion proponents drew the specious conclusion that cold fusion must work like hot fusion. If Pons and Fleischmann are alive, they contended, then their results must be faulty, since the neutron radiation from the fusion reaction would surely have killed them they refused to consider that another form of the same process might be at work. In the years that have followed, the cold fusion process has repeatedly produced not only heat energy, but also nuclear byproducts such as tritium and the ash from a nuclear reaction. That all-important indicator of nuclear fusion, helium. It's clearly not possible to produce helium
14: from a chemical process. The only possibility that uh, remains is that the helium is produced by a nuclear process. If the helium is produced by a nuclear process, then necessarily there will be uh, an associated release of uh, heat. Having seen the effect with my own eyes, the claims from a few that this is impossible, um, inconsistent with all known laws of uh, nuclear physics, these, these uh, suggestions are, in fact, irrelevant.
4: I <laughs> that well said. But notice how important the tritium was in this. And they thought it was a fraud because they didn't find the other things that usually go with fusion, with hot fusion. There wasn't the ionizing radiation. But there was transmutation, too. Now, let's look at some of the samples that were collected from the WTC. You have a variety of all sorts of strange things in the air. And if you look at the melting or the boiling temperatures of these things, there's no rhyme, nor reason to the amount of the quantity. It isn't that the things that boil at a lower temperature are more prevalent. What is even more bizarre is that organic material was also found with this, which shows it was not from a high temperature process. Now we get to the most exciting slide. This is from leaky nuke plants, what they pollute into the waterways. The amount of tritium, this is exponential, logarithmic actually, and it's a very high number. This is what is produced in the cell with cold fusion. This is what was found in the basement of WTC6 the one with all the cylindrical cutouts in it. And this is normal background. What I use the Great Lakes for normal background. And this is from atmospheric nuclear bomb testing. You can see over time it's decreased. So it's, it's gotten down there pretty far, but this is definitely above normal. Uh, a lot of folks say a nuke was used on 9-11. Well, do you think they could have kept Chernobyl a secret? People all the way around the world measured the fallout from that. If there was some kind of a regular nuke used in Manhattan on 9-11, do you think they could have kept that a secret? People all around the world would have measured it. There was no like Geiger countermeasurable radiation that came from there. Here are some relative numbers If compared to what was measured at the World Trade Center in terms of tritium. The background levels are 150th. What was measured with cold fusion is 50 times that, but that was in a cell. Keep in mind, the World Trade Center had fire hoses on it. You know, the hurricane rained on it. It was diluted down somewhat. Leaky nuclear plants have 18,000 times that. What was measured at the World Trade Center was definitely above background levels, 50 times background levels. There was tritium there. Now, why? Seems to have a lot in common with cold fusion. Some other categories we didn't look at, the so-called jumpers. Uh-oh. There he goes. We refer to them as jumpers, but did they really jump? They left the building, but we don't know why. Uh, here's the airplane-shaped hole. The swing wingtip always gets to me how thin it is. And we have some interesting people up here hanging out of the 105th floor. Closer look, looks like this guy's taking his pants off. This guy has his shirt off if there's a fire in there, your clothes protect you from fire. We don't see smoke coming out these windows. What's going on here? Why on earth would someone want to take their clothes off outside the building? They want to live. They're hanging on to the building. This guy's hanging from a hand, one hand to one foot, taking his pants off let's say he has some weird fetish that he just needs to take his pants off.
1: Where were the helicopters?
4: Well, if it's smoke inside, you take it a big, deep breath, step in to get the pants off, step back out. Why hang from the outside of the building? Well, if I were there and if I was told the building's on fire, I'm going to head to the bathroom right away before we lose water pressure, wet down whatever extra clothing I have around, wrap around my head and head for the stairs. I'd be wet. If the fire sprinklers came on, I'd be wet. If they didn't come on, it was hot. I'd be wet, sweating. Good chance that their clothing was wet. Now, why would they want to take off wet clothing? you heard of active denial system? I'm not saying that's what this is, but just as a parallel. It's a microwave. They put it for crowd control. And it makes you think that you're burning up, so you just have to get out of there. You just leave no matter what. You don't think about it, so maybe some people were jumping from that uh, would be a good reason why you'd want to take your wet clothes off microwave is many times worse for wet clothing I don't know if that's what it was but it's consistent with something like that going on inside the building but not outside the building and we do know the building was turning to dust inside for the hour before its demise
1: just like microwave
4: there's people who say it was thermite. What? Uh, Reports of it as well as, you know, evidence of it in other ways. But there's uh, there's, there's this acute story about uh, a new probationary officer. First day out of of school for being a firefighter. He's supposed to stick with his boss. And they get up to some place and the boss says, all right, everybody, you know, drop everything. And, you know, go down a few stairs, and they get down, and then they eventually start going back up again, and boss says, "Well, where's your mask? Well, you just had to drop everything." <laughs> so, but you know, the, four, the four guys, so the boss said, "You get out of here." So here's this firefighter making his way down the stairs. He gets down the third floor, and 100 percent of the light is blocked out because the, he described it as having been turned to dust. He knew it wasn't smoke because he could breathe. But it, the floor had turned to dust. It was completely filling the, the air. There's a lot of stories similar to that. Now, there were folks who, who somehow believed that thermite had something to do with it. Well, let's see if we can make some. You have a steel structure, the towers, with aluminum cladding. Let's see if you grind them up. And you end up with rust and aluminum powder. You know what that is? Thermite. Those are the ingredients of thermite. So those ingredients are going to be there anyway. But what does thermite do? Well, here's a test of thermite here. A of Welding there's a there's railroad
18: track. Blinded by the light.
4: There was something missing in Manhattan that day. People were blinded by the light. You know, if, if there was nukes, it went off people would be blighted by the light. That's how they were, little How do you have... You know, you know what a sparkler is, 4th of July sparkler? That's what the towers would look like also if it was thermite. my of energy funding.
1: Somebody was talking over... We have
4: Steve Coonan, who was just appointed by the first administration of Obama to an undersecretary of the uh, Department of Energy. And these guys are thinking about raising their hand. And, and peer pressure causes people to do things like this, too. If everyone else hold their hand up, you start holding your hand up. You don't want to be caught not holding your hand up but they're determining science by vote
10: opportunism Jones insisted on going public quickly with his compare opportunism Jones insisted on going public quickly with his compare opportunism. Jones insisted on going public quickly with his compare opportunism. Jones Oops. insisted on going public quickly with his compare'
4: compar- compar- right, stuck there now let's look the building turned to dust something did that people say well you don't know a technology did that so therefore it, it didn't you know happen wait you start out with determining what happened first it's very important because if you start out with what you know you won't get there because you've never seen this before but we know it happened so therefore there is a technology that exists that can do this that technology can also be used for free energy Let's vote on that, the tower's gone. So if this is more of determining facts, did they mostly turn to dust? There exists a technology that instead of, of molecules being attract each other, they repel each other. What happened is not impossible, because it happened. This is another Charlie Pound song, but Gatekeepers. Gatekeepers.
1: That That is Charlie Pound. I'm going to read the lyrics that he says. The physicist to the far right who has been watching Jones the whole time is next to raise his hand. The second one from the right had also been watching Jones. He has decided and begins to look away from Jones and to raise his hand. So it was kind of like Emperor's New Clothes and nobody wanted to look like a fool.
4: it's a farce the other but what i see here is a lot of similarities with the tritium what on earth would tritium be doing at the world trade center without the ionizing radiation it has transmutation a lot of other things anyway that's that's it Mm -hmm. thanks thanks for caring absolutely yes I thought she does a good job explaining
17: You haven't gone into the, about the, the, the airplanes. How
4: do you explain that? Well, good question. As I like to say, uh, the towers turn to dust. Airplanes can't make buildings turn to dust. Real airplanes can't, and neither can fake airplanes. So they're a distraction. But often people are, you know, they have been taught that there's airplanes that hit. What happened to the passengers? What happened to the airplanes? I don't get into that because it's such a distraction, but it is an interesting question. What happened to the airplanes? Joey Moore, that flight attendant who flew out of Boston that morning, he saw the flight attendants for Flight 175. That was the last time he saw them. The flight attendants that were on 175, he saw them that morning in Boston, the ones that supposedly ended up in the South Tower, you know, that flight Flight 175. Yes, but he doesn't know where they went after that. We don't, we don't know. I think that's a different topic. I think that's a different topic. What I'm talking about here today, I'm presenting evidence of what happened. Not theories, not ideas, but evidence. And that evidence, the silver lining in that, in that horrible cloud, is that it is a demonstration of free energy technology. And that is what I'm talking about here today. I'm not talking about uh, people's opinions. and.
11: I, I wanted to um, make the point yeah, that, that Dr. Uh, Stephen Jones, who uh, lives in a neighboring town of mine in Spring City. I'm from Utah. And he's a friend of mine and of my parents. are actually in an intentional community together. So I've got a very tight connection with him. And what I've learned today and yesterday about Stephen Jones is very troubling to me and uh, basically plays a role of a decoy, uh, don't look here type of thing. And the reason that that supported is because he has this evidence and he has not gone with it. It's, to me, blatantly obvious. So I commit to you that I will sit down with my good friend, Stephen E. Jones, who, he knows me inside and out. And I know it's not inside now, but we know each other really well. And I'm going to be sitting down with him in person with this book in hand, and I will say, Stephen, why don't you go with this story? Because this is very, very, very obvious. And I will get support on my conversation, and I will either explain where the mental disconnect is on his part, that he didn't see this, now he does,
1: or... It's hard when when it's right after something like 9-11 and everyone whose major is saying is this and that. To go with yourself. Yeah.
13: Um, how do those two gel together? I know you're just saying we're only saying what we can see, but I'm, right. tr- I'm just but, trying
4: to kind of put it together in at my at head. The similarities in the evidence. John Hutchison gets all of the same, you know, transmutation. Is his is what he's using?
18: Is what he's using like a, a, a microwave type? Yes. He, well, beam. He, what, he,
4: what he uses is interference of two. Uh, at least two different types of energy. He creates a static field using um, a Van de Graaff generator. He used to use Tesla coil, but he now uses a Van de Graaff generator. And he creates a static field, and within the static field, interferes radio frequency signals, like microwave. And within that zone, or someplace within that zone, these effects occur.
13: And would you say that the cold
18: fusion uh, type effects the the effects of tritium was was as a result of that uh, exotic energy. It's it, not that it's not that it's like a I, I mean when I think it's an electrolytic of a, process, a, but it's a solution. But know. it
4: seems like there's an awful lot of things in common with it. Yeah, fascinating, fascinating. Like let's go study it.
12: <laughs> not
4: tonight. Also, there was a report, which gave me a legal avenue to go after the uh, contractors on the nest report. I, I covered it also in the earlier talk. There's a whole lot of similarities with it. It was turning to dust throughout the day, internally. And you saw an enormous amount of material pouring out of the building, one face and one face only for most of the day. And when it went away, it didn't make a seismic signal that traveled through the earth. It only left a surface wave. It did not slam to the earth. And the, the surface wave that it left was almost a non existent event. <laughs> should, uh, right.
19: Well, it like
4: the the it, all this and material that, going out. The, 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 the with, with, you know, yeah, the facade was about all that was left. And it was almost silent. And you can see it if you look at some of the images of it as it's coming down. A lot of people say oh, it looks like a controlled demolition, but I have photos of it like one second apart where you see it, suddenly all the floors are frothing up. You know, just...
10: Why would you say they took so many hours after instead of doing it at the same time <laughs> than the other? You have to ask
4: them. <laughs> yes, Judy. This is a question about John Hutchinson. Uh, you mentioned
11: that it was electrostatic field. He built up a, a, a static a large, field, a large static field, and then he had more than one microwave, so it was some, some type or of more. interference yeah. phenomena. So here's the question: Is uh, the interference points was was it where the field was bucking and thus were kind of on an antinode?
4: There really isn't so much of a of a node. It's like what one energy field does to another one. Maybe a a way of explaining it is, you know, it's a couple of ways you can get inside of a house. You you can bulldoze down the front uh, the front wall, or you can use a key. Uh What it turns out, the interference of these different energy fields, if done just right, is like a magic key that opens up this door where you get this free energy.
11: Wow. So John Hutchison brought down the World Trade Center. No, no, no,
4: no. When I was giving a talk in, I was giving a talk in, um, in, in Portland. No, no. It, it's a, it, here's here's what's wrong with it. John and I were giving a talk in, in Portland, Oregon. Somebody asked that question. Well, he he sometimes can't get it right. He, he sometimes gets it here, gets there. He can't really control it well. And I said, John didn't do 9-11. nine <laughs> eleven thank you we have time for one more
12: hello Judy I'm an engineer myself and if you look at uh, the events of 9-11 it's it's a perfect uh, theater but um, looking from the the, the,
9: the culprits um, you would expect that they have tried it before and if you look at the um, anomalies in the earth magnetic field um, are you interested or have you been looking for the period before 9-11 if there were any other anomalies in the earth magnetic field that there... you would expect
4: there are various things and it's a big, you know, complex event. Um, I was also looking at the correlation between uh, solar storms and hurricanes. It turns out if there's a solar storm that, that hits the earth, about the time you have this low pressure system out in the middle of the Atlantic, very good chance it's gonna turn into a hurricane. That's an interesting you know, correlation there.
11: The, they, they got it first, I'm right. I mean,
4: uh, you know, it, it, There's other events I've not studied very carefully, but, for example, uh, Oklahoma City. It we looks need
1: t- to be looking at that.
4: Like the inside Somebody. building six.
1: Come on, the, science only difference people. Is one, you know, there's too many smart people on this earth just not picking up the ball.
4: Picture side by side, the only difference is one has some wheat checks at the bottom showing that it came from the World Trade Center. There's also other... Events that have happened that are very questionable. But it isn't that it necessarily happened just this way for the first time. Thank you. Do we have time for one more? Sure.
2: Just one more. the truth movement in America, how did they react when you came this? Uh,
4: oh, that was back in 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it, for example, Stephen, I'll go ahead and say <laughs> Stephen Jones uh, tells people that I'm talking about ray beams from outer space or space beams. He's also the person that coined the term cold fusion for ridicule. It's not really the typical fusion. It's a different kind of process. And that helped sink it. And I remember uh, an interview with um, Martin Fleischman. He was asked if he had any regrets. He said, yes, letting my competitors call this cold fusion. Yeah, I never let people call it uh, space beams, but you know, I don't get on the air and somebody else does. But there's... There's, um, most of the people in the truth movement have genuine interests. They're sincere people. But there's collection agencies, I call them. They collect people, render them useless, keep them out of trouble. And any time we get pulled into a group, or like what somebody recently told me, if you find yourself on a garden path, leave the garden. Mm. And that, that is sort of what happens with these organizations and you go, people tend to go with the flow they tend to go with peer pressure let's, let's have a vote about you know whether or not to trash somebody's career instead of look you know what did these guys find let's go let's go look at it
19: ladies and gentlemen dr. Judy Wood we
4: appreciate
1: her knowledge
19: her courage
4: absolutely and her excellent to
19: share. Thank you.
1: this knowledge is out here people and there's some other stuff uh, we're about to look at right now. Why do you people think that the celebrities are too afraid to, to stand up? Why do you think people that are at the top are too afraid to stand up? We literally, the only, the main thing that we have is strength in numbers. And it, it's become, people are so incredulous that this could actually be the case that nobody is preparing. So what? We stop these human beings that are evil, that are all doubles and wearing masks and and we think we sent them to jail. We don't know who the hell we're putting in jail. We don't know, they, they may not even be real. If this were a threat, just like Ronald Reagan said, what is the human response? We know that people are being eaten, whether it's by humans, whether it's by giants, whether it's big-headed hominids, whether it's reptiles, whatever it is, children, people are being eaten. What are we going to do about it? I know some people are like, well, just say you won't arrest them or whatever. (laughs) You think these creatures give a damn about being arrested? Are you joking when
11: you have I, I mean, I um, hate Asia. to say
1: it because um, a lot of people think that um, that David Icke is of one of the elite families. Maybe he is. But one thing that we know is that when they do what it is that they do, they have to tell us first. And so for all the people who are like, well, we weren't told. Yeah, they told you with two mini series maybe three mini series and another movie in the works they don't show you anything unless there's a real reason behind it and i'm wondering if they allow david ike to say what he says because human beings have to be given the option of standing up maybe Yahuwah has some kind of uh you know stipulation okay fine separate the wheat from the chaff but if my people will remember my words and my voice and will seek me and will do all the things we're supposed to be doing so that we can upgrade spiritually. If we all did that, we could defeat them. It's not about sitting waiting for white Jesus in the sky to save us. We have to use the word. We have to become our highest selves right now, like right now, like yesterday. If they were all powerful, they would have done it a gazillion years ago. That means we have a chance. I don't care who it is. If somebody's giving us information on how to deal with any type of assault on humanity, which we know there's an assault on humanity, I don't care whether you think this is far fetched or not. Humankind has an enemy. We're not clear on who it is. Who cares who it is? Whoever it is, what is the response of the collective. Are we going to just sit here? Seriously. I, I just heard this morning someone say that B- George Bush Sr. is like total reptile. I believe it. The orphanages say that he came there and snatched those kids and did what he did. They're disgusting. Don't take my word for it. L- l- listen to this. Just listen to it.
18: Cultures all over the world um, who are describing non-human entities in the unseen, which is almost what isn't unseen to the humans in the way that I've just described. Um, Many taking a reptilian form. And that has passed through the ages. And then you meet people in places like America because once you start talking about this, you become Uh, someone that people will give information to because they can see a way of getting out into the public arena because you won't think they're crazy. Um, And they're telling you the same. You know, people who've been in mind control projects, people who've who've been in government projects, who've interacted with these entities in in underground bases. Um, And they're describing what the ancients described. When you've got this, this man who's... Fortunately, just died in his 90s. Um, William Tompkins, writing a book in um, 2015, um, describing how he was seconded in 1942 into a top secret um, uh, naval intelligence operation in America based at the uh, naval base at San Diego, um, where uh, he, his, his role, or the role of that organization, was to interact with non human entities. And he um, produces documents, he produces pictures of people he was with to support what he claims. And he's saying world governments are, con- are controlled by a reptilian, non-human race. Um, I've, I've been saying that since the 90s. And he's- Who are these people?
16: World family, reptiles?
18: Well, well let, let's look at how, 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 how it works. Um, first of all, these entities operate in the unseen, overwhelmingly in the unseen. Um, Because we, like I said earlier, live in a frequency band, a band of frequency. Um, Anything beyond that frequency we can't see, we're not aware of. And you know, uh, people have no trouble accepting that the old analogue system of radio and television stations... uh, are different frequencies sharing the same space without interfering with each other unless they're really close on the dial. You know, the, the analog system, BBC One and ITV and CNN, they're sharing the same space, but they're just on different frequencies. And the, um, the television picks up different frequencies as you change the channel. Well, in the same way, worlds uh, of or realities, it's a better term, are sharing the same space without interfering with each other unless they're very close on the dial. And and at that point where they're close on the dial and and there is some form of interaction, that's what we call ghosts and paranormal activity. Um, And so these, not just reptilian, but other non-human entities, are operating just outside of the the human sight. And um, they have to have vehicles within our frequency band within our world that represent their interests that um, are basically vehicles for them to manipulate our society and so um, particular bloodlines were created that are hybrids part reptilian not not always reptilian but part reptilian part human um, which is the origin of the royal aristocratic bloodline, um, blue bloods. a whole order of the ages. You know, the ancient Chinese emperors used to claim the right to be emperor because of their descendants from the serpent gods. Um, and Margin. the reason that these um, royal bloodlines and aristocratic bloodlines have incessantly, obsessively interbred because they're holding this hybrid genetic program. And for a long time, they ruled because they were the special bloodline. What what, what is it? Just down the road from us now in London, we have a head of state, even today, who is head of state because of her bloodline. The The queen, if she was a different bloodline, she might be cleaning the throne, not sitting on it. This is the nonsense of it. Why are you queen? Because someone had sex with someone and and and, and that person was born first. Therefore, they're the monarch. Sorry, I, th- I thought we lived in a civilized society with some form of intelligence. What's going on? But uh, across much of the world, as humanity started to um, awaken a bit more from its civility to... Um, to these royal bloodlines, um, they couldn't sustain it any longer, and so um, the, the the royal in-your-face control started to disperse. It's still around in some areas, like we still have a monarchy in here and the Commonwealth countries, but lots of countries have disappeared. But these bloodlines didn't, and their sense of being special and being "quote royal" never ended either. And so they moved into the dark suit professions of banking, of politics, of, of well, all the dark suit professions, government, administration, etc. And they've gone on running the show ever since um, while not being overtly royal. And, of course, what happened with the so-called British, Great British Empire, these other European empires, is these bloodlines went all over the world. And they impose themselves um, in, a, in the North America, in South America, in Australia, uh, uh, all over the world. And they've gone on controlling ever since. But when you look at the situation from, um, from just a, a you know, general population perspective, everything seems to be unconnected. People seem to be unconnected. But when you, when you go deep into the shadows, they're not unconnected.
11: Continue watching this fascinating conversation for free by clicking on the link below to visit our
18: website there they go. Seem to live long lives, don't they? The Kissingers and the Father Bushes and the David Rockefellers and the um, Queen Mother in, in England l- l- lived to 102 and the Queen uh, in England now is well of age because they're not given the same uh, treatment, uh, health treatment, the rest of us get, one of the bloody reasons, and also other things that they do, which are very dark, satanic, and to do with the the energy uh, of children. But um, Father George Bush, he's such a classic um, purveyor of this madness, this... uh, Insanity that they they want to impose upon uh, the world, and as presidents go, he's he's a bit higher up the, up the ladder than say his son or some of some of the others. And I would want to confront him um, with not just questions about his role through the years in so many things, because coming from a a bloodline family, he he would have been brought from. Birth, he would be developed to be in the positions that he was in: head of the CIA, um, and uh, vice president, president, and all these other things that he was involved in. Um, but there's another area of Father George Bush, which is is something that a lot of conspiracy research doesn't doesn't cover, but but really needs to, and that is paedophilia. Um, it's, it's, it's a deep rabbit hole, um, but when you connect the dots, you can explain why the ratio of paedophiles to positions of power, especially in the higher levels, is fantastic compared with the ratio of paedophiles in the general population. Um, but this man, uh, Father George Bush, has not just been responsible for the most Unspeakable, grotesque, unimaginable sexual abuse and uh, torture of children, using various electromagnetic technologies and, of, 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 and um, such that cause enormous pain for the kids who were tortured. Um, this 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 guy's been responsible for the deaths of goodness knows how many children. Um, And I've met some of the adults that he abused as children and survived. And they are absolutely scrambled mentally, emotionally, and physically because of the horrors that this man put them through. Now, there's a number of reasons, uh, Luke, why we need to look at this and expose this, first of all, to stop the kids having that done to them, but also to let people see into the minds and the mentality of those that are behind this um, global conspiracy. Because it became clear to me, I talk at length about this and, and go deeply into the it, it when I speak and in my books. but. Just c- keep it on on, on, on on the level of outcome rather than all the dots that show why, why it's like this. But there is something about their genetics which has deleted empathy. It's deleted the ability to feel the consequences for others of your actions. And if you think about it... Um, empathy is the fail-safe mechanism of human behavior because if I have empathy feelings for how you will feel from my actions then there is a, an immediate limit on my actions I'm not going to do something to you because I, I, I have empathy with with how it will make you feel. Delete that, there, is, there are no limits so I've said to people for nearly 20 years don't look at these people and judge what they would do on the basis of what you would do. Because it's not the same thing. You know, orchestrating um, attacks on 9-11, which killed 3,000 people, uh, around 3,000 people. To us, what well, we wouldn't think about it. But even if we did think about it, the empathy with not only the, the, those, those that died and those that suffered horrors in, the, horrors in those buildings as they collapsed. But all the families, we, we could never do that. Delete empathy, and three thousand people dead on nine eleven, uh, and you know so what? That's the attitude that they have, and people can't kind of understand that. They think, um, no, 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 they would never do that. Well, hold on a second. If you will take a little, a little child before the age of six, five or six is when they want them, you will put them into mind control projects that involve grotesque trauma, emotionally, mental, and physically trauma, and you will sexually abuse them. You will um, use cattle prongs to um, as a, a, a punishment and a, as a way of... Um, getting them into a state of total submission to your will. You will torture them. You will make them watch animals and children being sacrificed as a, as a form of incredible trauma. You'll find out their greatest fear and you'll make them experience it over and over again to break them mentally and emotionally. And you will do that over and over and over again. That's Father George Bush, and he's just one of them. You would pepper bomb Baghdad and have no emotional consequences. You would do 9-11, have no emotional consequences. You would put a virus out there to kill large numbers of people, no emotional consequences. You would put stuff in vaccines designed to um, uh, affect people mentally, emotionally, and physically. You would have a eugenics operation. You would um, plan and scheme to dramatically reduce the population. And you would have no empathy with the consequences of your actions that others would feel. That's the mentality, loop that we're dealing with. And, and because they're not like the general human population. They don't see the world and they don't see life in the same way. And that's the force we're dealing with. And we need to get streetwise to that and then we'll have a chance of dealing with it. Because why we say, they'd never do that. No, you'd never do that. They do it every day.
1: some kind of human uh, when you have some kind of human enemy um, but i'm just saying what if there isn't one what if, what if what if the enemy once you get past the puppets is some of these entities what are we thinking about how we could face them You know human beings can't deal with this. Most human beings would be too fearful. But somebody's got to have the big boy pants on. Somebody's got to be awake. Somebody's got to have the balls to protect people. And I don't think any heads of state right now could get on TV and talk about this and feel that they could do it responsibly and, and people not freak out. So... I know people are all up in my business. So you want to watch me? I am wide awake. You're going to watch me. You're going to you're going to you're going to realize the things that I see. You're going to see it. And maybe you might wake the hell up. Whoever it was was just showing me this video again of Daft Punk one more time. That means you guys should look at it one more time. Watch the video. This is supposed to be us. We're trying to liberate ourselves. But I think we are unable to admit to ourselves who the enemy is. I think that some human beings have been taken over. I'm not kidding you. They have been taken over. And until we can deal with that, even though it seems outside of what we know and what we think... We can't possibly uh, form any kind of defense against them. This reptilian thing seems to be real. I'm not kidding you guys. I don't know if it's reptilian. I don't know if it's the big-headed hominids. I don't know what. It's not just the human beings that are corrupt that have done what they've done and that are blackmailed. It's bigger than them these elite families have kept the earth locked on lockdown as servants to them that's one thing and they're bad and we could deal with them but that doesn't mean that our job is over excuse me that does not mean that we have won the war guys we've got to stop this this uh, other race of beings that are on this planet that are using human beings against us. The human beings are not our our uh, greatest enemy. If we can't uncover the truth and prove to humanity that we've got to conquer these extraterrestrials, then we're up a craps creek. I think that it all boils down to V. There's a reason why... This is the third time that they're making the movie. Watch the original series. V the original series. It's a true story, people. We're dealing with reptile, bipedal reptiles. And they can take human form. They can shapeshift. And they want this planet back. They think it's their planet. We are smart. We are smart. We can, we can, I think we can overcome it. If they were that powerful and strong, it would have happened a long time ago. Think about it that way. We got to do one thing at a time. Let's get rid of the corrupt humans. And let's start the red pilling process about these so called aliens. Let's start finding out for sure what the hell we're dealing with you gotta watch this one more time video by Daft Punk where everybody's celebrating and this other spaceship is on its way it's on its way and these people are coming so I think what Jason is saying to me is that no matter what victories we have as patriots he's trying to tell me that they're still coming or they're still planning what they're planning. I think human beings might surprise people. We gotta reach for our spiritual powers, people. We gotta actualize. We gotta do the spiritual upgrade before the transhuman things happen That's the only way to beat them. That's the only way to beat the clock. Because then we won't be dependent on their technology. What's within us, the light that is within us, will destroy them. Kyle Powers Radio.